This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We'll start things out with a story I think I mentioned over the last couple nights, but we just never had a chance to get to it. From William Grigg at the Lou Rockwell blog. With a domestic problem, unless your intention is for potentially fatal harm to come to you or the relative with whom you're having trouble, never go to the police for help. And we've read so many stories over the years where well-intentioned people with the idea of uh, that, uh, that the police were going to come and help them with a situation, had called the police and then only ended up arrested themselves. Arrested or worse, in many cases, uh, possibly beaten. Remember the story from last year, Mark, where the, uh, the lady had a driver's license that was like her sister or something like that, and right. the cops took her in. She wasn't stripped. driving anything. That right. they, well, they, <laughs> they called them to her house, uh, the, the, or she called the cops to her house because of an issue that they were having. She ended up getting taken away, taken to the police station, stripped naked, and uh, just humiliated by the cops. It was it was an awful situation. Well, now it's uh, it just keeps getting worse. Uh, this time it's a 14-year-old girl that they went after. Tucumcari, New Mexico is where it happened. She wound up in the hospital with a taser dart embedded in her skull after her mother took her to the police department because the two of them had been fighting. After a, Now, of course, parents is a bad idea. Look, if you're having trouble with your kids, go sign up for counseling or, or something like that. Don't uh, don't take them to the police department to, to have the police straighten right. your kids out. I, I concur with that. Um, the police are not a dispute resolution organization. They are an organization that puts people in jail. Yep, um, and that's what I they mean, do. I, I, that's, that's what their job is. That's how they have to solve problems. I'm not saying that there aren't some qualified police officers out there that really can do some dispute resolution. However... That's not what they're incentivized to do, unfortunately, unless they're in a particularly good department, unlike one I've I've heard of uh, on multiple occasions. But, you know, I think that you should call the cops if you feel you're in danger of being harmed uh, physically, severely. I don't think that it's such a great idea to just bring any old, uh, you know, family problem to to the police. That seems silly. If your teenager is acting out and you have the level of control over them that you can get them into the car with you to drive them down to the police station, you don't have a situation where the police need to be involved. I would say do everything you can to avoid calling the police department. Call other family members, call a friend, call a neighbor in, do whatever you can to avoid bringing the cops in. Because this could happen to you. After Ms. Aiken drove to the police station, the teenager who suffers from epilepsy quite sensibly decided it would be foolish to seek help from the police and walked away from the facility. No mention is made of the youngster being under arrest, so there was no reason at all for the police to pursue her as if she were a criminal. Nonetheless, a call was sent out saying that a girl had run off from the station. Police Chief Roger Hatcher responded, tracking a teen, uh, tracking the teen down at nearby George Mullinus Park. When he called to her, the young lady, perhaps recalling parental advice against accepting rides from creepy strangers, ran away. Now, we probably know as adults that running from the cops is generally a, really a bad idea. Yeah, generally doesn't work out too well for the person running, but. The girl's 14, epileptic, maybe she just doesn't know that. So she decided to run away from the strange man who was uh, pursuing her, who, by the way, was the police chief. You'd think that the police chief would know a little bit better uh, how to handle a situation like this, but no, he just turned to brute force. 
Hatcher briefly, uh, Chief Hatcher briefly gave pursuit on foot, but chasing down a fleet-footed teenage girl is hard. So <laughs> Hatcher, he's probably fat, too. Uh, well, it, it could be. So Hatcher, it's a good guess. Usually a safe guess with these guys. The longer they're on the force, the, the more uh, unsightly they can become as far as their physique is concerned. Different, because different forces have different rules of... Uh, true. Um, Some of them do require uh, continued updates uh, that they check in and they go to a doctor and that they have themselves evaluated, but it doesn't seem to be that way in a lot of departments. Anyway, uh, so chasing down the teenager was hard, so Hatcher pulled out his taser and shot the youngster in the head. She committed a delinquent act, sniveled the tax feeder to the press. She was running from police across traffic without looking. If he'd been able to grab and tackle her, Hatcher continued, he would have done so, since there was no lawful reason to do that. Actually, there wasn't. The girl was not a criminal suspect. She had not been taken into custody, and the only lawful course of action on Hatcher's part would have been to make sure that the girl wasn't critically injured by traffic when she ran away from him. So after waddling the, terif- waddling the terrified girl for a few yards, after the terrified girl, rather, waddling after her, T- Hatcher ordered her to stop and then did what I had to do, meaning that he shot her in the head with a reliably lethal instrument of electroshock torture. The assailant, who insists that things could have been worse had he not shot the girl in the head, plans to refer the case to the juvenile probation officer for possible charges, reports the paper. If he succeeds in saddling the, this is by the way, the Portales News Tribune. If he succeeds in saddling his victim with the criminal charges, Mr. Hatcher will surely deserve to be horsewhipped. Stacy Aiken, whose idea it was to seek police intervention, was horrified by the results. She said that one of the darts entered her skull. A CAT scan disclosed that the implement had actually entered her brain a little bit, but not much. Not surprisingly, the girl remains hospitalized at Albuquerque's University of New Mexico Hospital. Apart from offering a redundant illustration of the eagerness of our protectors to use lethal force against the innocent, this episode offers a critical object lesson. Never, 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 in, I don't know what this means, in secula seculorum, go to the police for help. That's what happened to a little 14-year-old teenage girl who ran away from the cops who weren't even arresting her. They were There was no process going on here. Just It was the whole running from the cops <laughs> thing. Don't that, run from cops, That really. just triggered the, co- that triggered the cop right into, must stop this person mode. Yeah. And they went in the, and they shot the girl in the head and pierced her skull with a taser to the point that the barbs actually touched her brain. Well, um, and you know they're gonna find that this chief did everything he had to do. That he was completely within the uh, within the bounds of his instruction and his duties as a police officer. And of course, he's the police chief. How could they find otherwise, right? This guy is going to be completely walking scot free as this young lady, who already is an epileptic uh, person, is who knows what kind of problems having an electrode from a taser gun touching your brain might end up resulting in. Yeah, that can't be good. But um, you know, in this instance, I, I totally understand why the police officer did. It. I'm not saying it's good, but I understand why the uh, the police officer did it. Can you imagine going back to the station saying I couldn't catch her? That's that that's going to you know make them the target of a lot of ribbing amongst their peers. Eh, whatever, he's the chief, who cares? I I'm sorry, you don't want him talking in the hall like that. I'm not saying that it's uh, it's okay to have shot this girl in the yeah. head with a taser, but I don't think that was going through his head. I think what was going through his head is that uh, someone's running. I stop that person. Stop. Could be. Stop in the name of the law. 800-259-9231. So it's just story after story. We could go on and dig up more of these things for you because there's never any end to this.
as long as we have the uh, police in this country, and, uh, and this happens around the world too, this stuff, as long as we have police that have the attitude of they can do no harm, or they can do no wrong, uh, that they can get away with whatever it is that, that, that they're doing, and they know they can get away with murder, then they'll just do what they do. They'll hurt whoever they hurt. They'll burn down people's houses. We've read stories about that. They have uh, destroyed lives, destroyed human beings, destroyed families, destroyed property endlessly. Where will it end? When will it all stop? When will I be able to stop funding them? When will I be able to stop paying for this violence? Because I'm not interested in it, but I'm scared to stop. Because if I stop paying, then they'll send the men with the guns and the tasers and the batons after me. And, they won't be, and those men won't be able to tell themselves that this is an inappropriate uh, time to be using violence. I must stop because right. they, you know, that, that they're <laughs> just following orders. They're just doing their jobs. It's not the way the, uh, the, the system works. So this afternoon when our friend Sam was accosted uh, by the, uh, the court bureaucrats again, and I don't know if he's going to call in tonight. I'll see if I can uh, get him out, uh, roust him up and get him on the phone to tell about the story because I wasn't there for this, unfortunately. Uh, but Sam went into the courtroom today, or not to the courtroom, but to the court lobby, the infamous Keene District Court lobby, where they arrest anybody with a video camera. He went into that lobby with a group of activists for the purposes of looking at uh, public files and was subsequently assaulted and attacked by one of the court uh, bureaucrats there. He went to the police department afterwards to report the situation, and the police said they'll investigate. But first, Sam has to fill out their paperwork. We'll see what comes of that. 800-259-9231. Does anybody else have to investi- um, fill out paperwork when they want to, the cops to go investigate something? Probably. I don't, I'm, no. Well, if it's the cops, I don't know if the cops have to fill out their own paperwork. More on the way. You can bring up anything. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. That's, again, toll-free for you. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give away the features. Those other talk show hosts would like to charge you for accessing their websites. Ours is free, so enjoy those uh, features, including the archives. Go back for an entire year. You can download all of those shows totally free right there on the front page of the site at freetalklive.com. If you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, SACL CAI does collections. They do early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. All right, let's go to your phone calls about whatever you want. Ladies first, Carrie is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Carrie. Hi, it's Terry. Oh, and, sorry about um, that, Terry. I just uh, heard about your show today, and I really like it. Oh, welcome. Um, What's on your mind I tonight? Have- Oh, thanks. I have a couple things on my mind. Uh, with everything going on with the, the stimulus, cap-and-trade, health care, and our Constitution, is um, Obama impeachable for not protecting our country and following the guidelines of our Constitution? Well, first and of all, it, first of all, wait, wait, okay, let's start with the first question. We can get to your whatever else you wanted to get to. Uh, okay. You asked the question, is Obama impeachable for not protecting our country? 
Yeah. First of all, you should know that the government has no obligation to protect you in any way, shape, or form. The Supreme Court has ruled that over and over again. It's a myth uh, propagated by people like George Bush and Barack Obama that the government is indeed supposed to protect you. It's kind of what they want you to believe, but there's really no obligation. So no, that's not something you could likely impeach a president on. And secondly, uh, it's very unlikely that the president could be impeached because, well, who's going to do it? Hmm. My second question is, um, well, I'm an accountant, and I've seen 50, up to 56% of people's wealth declined through this uh, debauchery, uh, debauchery, rather. And my question is, what is the goal of the government? With all this stuff that is going on, what is their goal? Are they trying to um, destroy our economy to become into a one-world government? Or what is the goal? Do you I know? I don't know about the. Uh, I, I think that only people can can only speculate, and I don't know about the one world government thing. It seems strange to me that uh, that most politicians would want a uh, one world government when they know that that would basically put them out of a job. However, I suppose it's possible that some of them, certainly some of them do. Um, but I would say what their goal is is to expand their purview and grow the, uh, their, their power and th- their organization. Just like pretty much everybody is that, that, you know, that has a job, they want to they wanna grow the size of the organization they work for and expand their power um, within that organization. The only problem is, is the government has a monopoly privilege on the use of force. And so when they do their expansions, you've got to pay for it or they put you in jail. Yeah, I think your your answer is relatively accurate, Mark, except for the fact that the government itself likely can't hold a goal because it doesn't exist. There are only individuals within the government. Well, then you're and saying a business those, doesn't exist either. Well, okay, but each of those individuals in the government might have slightly differing goals. While a bureaucrat may be interested in doing what you're suggesting uh, and increasing his or her influence over the bureaucracy and how many uh, little bureaucrats they have underneath them and increasing the budget of their program so they can get more perks, a politician may have the goal of... For instance, rewarding his friends in business and punishing his enemies in business and, of course, the goal of getting reelected, that sort of thing. So within the government, there are people with slightly differing goals, but overall, it's uh, they can do whatever they want because they'll just take your money from you. Well, once the economy is so weak, how are they going to sustain the power? If there's no money to do anything, um, how are they going to sustain? You're, what you're assuming uh, is is that the that they understand what they're doing, and I think maybe to some extent they do. But if you have some may, some may not. So, right. If you have a cookie jar, and somebody can go up there and take cookies out of the cookie jar, sure, the whole family won't have cookies when you're done. But I've had plenty of cookies along the way, and maybe I've stashed some cookies for myself. So the politicians have the opportunity to. Well, stick their hand in the cookie jar and take as much as they need for themselves now and today. Sure, maybe it ruins the economy, but they're incentivized as, well, thieves and villains to be able to, to, to take this, uh, this money that, that they didn't earn. Okay. I mean, well, thank you very much. Hey, thank you for the call tonight. appreciate hearing from you. And if you get a chance, send your picture into the Shrine of Female listeners at shrine.freetalklive.com. I appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. We continue with Steve in South Carolina. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. Hey, Steve. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, question. Does a taser have two darts? Yes. I believe it does. Okay. And the two darts are to complete a circuit, correct? That is my understanding. One's in the brain, and the other one's in the body, and the current is flowing from where to where. 
uh, from the body to the brain or vice versa? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm yeah. not an electrical engineer, so I don't really know. Well, I mean, you know, it's just it's common sense. It's it's probably going through the brain and com- going through the body to complete the circuit to the other dart. Hmm. Possibly. Well, it would go the I shortest mean, route, right? I mean, so the other dart, if the other dart is also sticking in the the person's head, just didn't maybe pierce the skull, uh, then it would probably go directly uh, to that, wouldn't it? So you're maybe both darts went into the head, or one into the body. One I don't into know. The head. It's, I'm presuming they both went into the relatively same area, but uh, I don't really know exactly how far those things spread when they when they get shot, or how far she was from the police chief when when she was shot. Don't have all those details. But either way, it's well, horrific. Wherever they wherever they landed, uh, it was completely inappropriate behavior on the part of the police chief who shot a 14-year-old girl with a taser when she wasn't being arrested or in any way uh, in police custody. Okay, well, let's, let's, uh, let's look at this from an optimistic point of view. Um, maybe if it did actually go through the brain and to the other dart to complete the circuit, it might have helped the epilepsy. <laughs> I suppose it could be true. Oh, my goodness. Anything else on your mind tonight, Steve? (laughs) I'm good, thanks. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Let's continue with Chris in Vermont on the amp line. Hello, Chris. Hey, how's it going? Chris, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I was calling about Sierra from last night. Um, You guys had said that, uh, or you specifically, Ian, had said that you would talk to her off air a few times. And that she claimed to be some kind of porn star or whatever? She did. Yeah, that's right. This is a lady that called last night to trash talk a former friend of hers uh, on the air. Yeah. Um, Well, I'm married, and I have a kid, and I don't get out much, and I was wondering if you recall what that porn site was. You know what? She didn't have a site. She just called herself a porn star. Perhaps she so, uh, just does it for fun. Maybe she is. Huh. Uh, maybe she's you know an, a new entry into the business, and she's just trying to get a foothold or what? I'm not sure. It's working. But yeah, I, I don't recall what her website was. Sorry uh, about that. Well, uh, that's all right. Uh, I, I'm, I'm always up for a new porn site. That's There's plenty good. of porn sites out there. I, I, I'm sure you haven't exhausted them all, have you? <laughs> no, I don't think I have. <laughs> So the interwebs is a big thing. Yes, indeed. Anything else on your mind tonight? Um, yeah, I just wanted to add that a lady uh, a few minutes ago called in, and she was talking about taxes and exhausting uh, the nation's wealth uh, through taxation. Um, I'd also like to add that, uh, as you know, as she she's an accountant, she probably understands this, uh, that the actual cost of compliance with the IRS is almost as much as the tax liability itself in some cases, is certainly right? in, in, in uh, you know, corporate the corporate world. Yeah, I didn't really want to hold her feet to the flames on that. She may have just been a you know a business accountant. Whether or not she actually fills out tax returns uh, as, as a business is a, a question that remains unanswered. I thank you for the call tonight, dude. Eight well, hundred. Not mm-hmm. the uh, it's not the accountant's fault that the governments have no, uh, these true. you know these these huge hurdles to jump. But they do have an interest in keeping the government they do around. Have that Some of the accountants do. More on the way. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, 
we give away. So enjoy those, including the bulletin board system with over 450,000 posts for you to surf around through. There's a lot to look at. Serious issues, fun stuff, you'll find it all. Get interactive with our listeners at bbs.freetalklive.com. I'd like to encourage you to take advantage of a special free offer for our listeners. Audible.com has more than 60,000 downloadable audiobooks for your iPod or MP3 player. You can listen to them on your computer if you'd like to. You can go try them out by uh, downloading a free audiobook at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. You won't get the free audiobook if you don't go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTLs and Free Talk Live. All right, we'll continue taking your calls about anything. We'll go to Jimmy in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Jimmy. Hey. What's on your mind no. tonight? Uh, good. I have a couple things. Um, first, I hate being lied to, and I hate that um, you know my parents were lied to about the JFK thing and. Two, uh, I'm, I'm, I believe in capitalism. I believe in, a, you know, you have to have a truly free market to have capitalism. Yeah. Um, my concern is your guys' views on 9-11. Now, my feeling is the only way to, to um, stop these things is to confront the lie. And I really... I, what I'm lie are you talking about? Well, the lie that was perpetrated on 9-11. See, the problem with what you're saying here is you'll have to convince people that there was a lie in the first place. Well, I'm saying for, for you two, I, I, I really, um, I'm, I'm, I enjoy you guys. Um, I just, you know, I, I don't think I agree with how you feel. Like you, It's like this attitude of I don't care. And that's the same thing. That's that my attitude, yeah. The JFK thing. That's why everything. Don't care about that either. Yeah. It's done. It's over. We've got to move on. We've got to deal with the government we're dealing I'm with I'm curious. Um, who killed JFK? Was it the Cubans or was it the CIA? Was it the Italian mafia? Was it uh, another? Well, it's less, about, it's less about that and no, but, more about, you know. If you don't um, confront the lie, you can't make people believe it or whatever it was that you just said. I'm going to get, trying to reiterate what it was that you just said. And the fact is. We can't even well, talk about keep... what the lie is. Right. I'm saying what I'm saying is it should upset you. And it upsets me that my parents were lied to. My my the whole gen their whole generation was lied to. Well, the it, government it, lies it, all the it, time. It outrages me that they're not outraged. But the government but... lies all the time. <laughs> Wait, he's I, I'm I'm trying to tell you that you're not making a lot of sense here because first off, you can't point out a lie until you can show someone the truth. By and large, this is the the truth. And there isn't the truth on the JFK thing because you can't tell me whether it was the Cubans or the, uh, the CIA or the Italian mafia or whomever it was of the bevy of people that have been accused of this. Um, and in the, same, in the same instance, you can't tell me which one, um, you know, what happened on 9-11 because you don't know and I don't know. Well, but it's still safe to say that there were lies. Likely lies were told. I mean, if the government is involved, it's very was likely it there were Ram that hit the, the World Trade Center, <laughs> or was it a real plane? Are you asking me that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you have to are you think asking about me that? If, if, if a hologram hit the... I'm asking you, I'm was a hologram player. or a real I plane? I don't think there was any planes at all. You don't think there were any anyway, planes at anyway, all? Anyway, anyway, anyway. See, I, that's look. the problem, though. You can spend you can spend a decade, and believe me, there are radio shows that have going over the possibilities, and therefore you get mired going around in circle after circle after circle trying to figure out what happened on 9/11. I'll tell you what happened on 9/11. Um, an excuse came came up for the government to grow itself. 
Yeah, that's about all you need to know, and that's why uh, what I like well, to focus I, I, on. I, I totally agree. Um, I just, it's hard to pin. It's hard to pin you guys down on where you stand on that stuff. What like, are you? What is so un- hard to understand? What difference does it make? What? Why are you confused? Well, it about- makes, uh, I, see that 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 right there is just. You know what difference does it make? Yeah, what I mean, difference? Really? Yeah. What difference? Really? Uh, what the, the question is? What difference does <laughs> I mean, it make? They, what the what well, the truth was, is? Uh, you know, I think I think we should all be you know collectively angry and demand. What? How can I be angry? If I, angry? I, I can't. How can I be angry if I don't know that if there were no planes, if a hologram hit the the World Trade Center, if the planes were hijacked <laughs> and remote controlled, if there were Arabs on it or CIA well, agents you know, on it? I mean, how can I per- be angry if I don't effing okay, notice? Can we all agree on one thing? No. Well, we well, what's the one thing? Perpetrated 9/11. No, I can't agree. Are, are on we that. in agreement? Who who huh? perpetrated it? Dangerous well, who people. Do th- what's your? T- who do you? Th- I don't know. I think dangerous people that were out to hurt some, hurt other people did it. Whoever they are, I don't know who it was. I won't take that position because I don't. It doesn't interest me. It doesn't matter to me who it was. What matters is it happened. The government got bigger and more intrusive and more oppressive, which it would have done anyway. But this was a perfect excuse for it to kind of uh, amplify its efforts. Uh, well, that's what on, happened, uh, and that's what we have know, to deal based with on now. Track record. Say what? Based on, you know. That they that this elements in this government have have done this over and over. I'm gonna just take a wild guess and say that it was that government that grew itself after immediately after. And another question. So uh, that's fine. You can go ahead and believe that if you want to. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're right. I'm saying to you well, that whether I just, I you're wrong or right. Can you, hang your, hang on a second. Other... What I'm saying to you, sir, is that whether you're wrong or right has no effect, zero effect, on what I will do tomorrow to advance liberty in my lifetime. It has zero effect on what I will do next year to advance liberty in my lifetime. What I'm doing is I'm pointing out to people things that are concrete and realistic, something that... Uh, uh, the, like we talked about with a 14-year-old girl being shot with a taser in her head earlier this hour. There's no, uh, there's no denying that no that dispute. story happened. There's no dispute. I don't have to convince anybody about that. I don't have to deal with their objections. I don't have to do anything like that. Uh, and I can just point out that this is tyranny, that this is a police state, that this is awful, and that something needs to be done. Then I provide the solution. What is it that needs to be done? This is another thing you don't get from any of the conspiracy shows, is solutions and ideas. I think that people need to get together that love liberty all in the same geographic location. That's why we support the Free State Project. From that, many new ideas of liberty will follow and uh, and be inspired. 9-11 and the so-called truth behind what happened has no bearing whatsoever on anything that I do from here on out or in the past at all. Does that make what any sense to you, sir? people moving to New Hampshire? Let them. Uh, or, can you stop them? It's cold up here. I don't know if that's the best idea. Uh, I'm just trying to get a, what are you building, the middle class? Or what, 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 Have you heard this your, show uh, before? Is this your first time he? listening? No, it can't be. Yeah, no, I listened to the Ridley Report and got, um, and heard of you guys. So, but so I, you've, uh, you've watched the Ridley Report and you don't know what the Free State Project is? Yeah, I know what the Free Project I'm, I'm just kidding you. But oh, listen. Okay. <laughs> um, one more thing. Yes, you know, sir. you guys know what happened in, uh, with, in Venezuela with, you know, where they overthrew uh, Chavez and put in a whole new... Chavez Cabinet has been overthrown? Stuff. I don't think uh, so. No. Pretty sure Chavez is it's still Honduras. down there. It's Honduras. No, when, well, remember when they uh, took over Venezuela and Cuba? I and don't. They installed I a whole new government with a whole new cabinet. I think it was Venezuela. What about it? Okay. 
Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm, if that happened here, if that happened in America, what do you guys think, or, you know, either one of you, what do you think the government would look like? If they took out... If, if that happened, what happened in, um, I, I, like I said, I believe it was, it was Venezuela. When? Um, what happened there was they, the, the people in the street overthrew the government, and they put in all the dictator. They put in uh, Chavez. They flew Chavez back back to uh, Venezuela, and you know he 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 re. He I don't know. Would it look that different? Back. It sounds like it'd be just another dictator uh, in the in those positions. Just more people in search of power. Uh, the people that overthrew the existing people in the positions of power would then seize those positions of power and wield them in the way they saw fit and whatever arbitrary direction they wanted to go to. I mean, I'd, it would probably change for, things. I'd be for it just because it would. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to see anybody hurt, but I would just just because it would slow the government down. <laughs> Thanks for the call tonight, dude. I appreciate hearing from you. I understand why you're concerned about what you're concerned about, but I have to say that I think that all the people that are obsessed with the the whole JFK, 9-11, Oklahoma City, whatever the hell the uh, conspiracy, moon landing that they're obsessed with, uh, you know, it's your hobby. You can spend uh, whatever time you want on it. I mean, everybody's got hobbies, things that they spend their time on. Just don't try to convince me that it matters. 1-800-259-9231. Maybe it matters to you, but not to me. Because I'm working toward liberty, and I don't need to know what the truth was behind JFK or any of those other things to advance freedom. It's Free Talk Live. You bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, one 800 259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter through that link and Free Talk Live will get a cut, we'll get a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is you need to buy, whether it's brand new or used even, Amazon actually sells used items. Uh, there's a whole lot to choose from. Free Super Saver shipping on a number of their new items. So head over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and get your shopping done. Feel good because you're sending a, they are sending, rather, Amazon will uh, cut of the purchase to us at Free Talk Live. So Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. As we continue here, we opened up the show tonight with a story about a 14-year-old girl who was in no way in custody uh, by, uh, by the police. She had been taken down to the police station by her mom uh, to deal with a family issue, which, as we pointed out, is a really, really bad idea. Do whatever you can to avoid bringing the police into any situation. But nonetheless, uh, she did bring her daughter down there. The daughter decided she didn't want to be there, walked away. And then when the police chief gave chase, uh, she ran. And at that point, the police chief then shot her in the head with a taser. And it's just example after example of police brutality, the police state, just oppression, them hurting people and getting away with it. That's really the important point to, to point out here is that whenever the police are engaging, uh, engage themselves in violence, unless there's a video camera around, there's almost a 100% chance that that uh, police officer involved will be completely cleared of all wrongdoing. Uh, and even if there is a video camera involved, uh, there's still a good chance that the police will be completely cleared of all wrongdoing. Just because the thin blue line has a way of, what's what they call them, their little gang, uh, the thin blue line has a way of wrapping around its, uh, its members and protecting them. And they have uh, what they call a brotherhood. The police call one another brothers. And so brotherhood, the people, the members of the brotherhood look out for one another. And you can see example after example of this. 
So the question becomes, well, what happens when a police officer breaks the thin blue line? What happens when one of the brotherhood decides to turn against his brothers and do the right thing and perhaps, uh, I don't know, uh, spread the word about the truth about what's happening behind the scenes at a, at a particular police department? Well, you might be able to guess what happens, but uh, Mark, let's talk about a real world example. From uh, KVAL.com in uh, Eugene, Oregon, a Eugene police officer says he was pulled from canine duty in retaliation for blowing the whistle on how the SWAT team used firearms, use that the officer said put officers and the public in extreme danger. According to a lawsuit filed in Lane County District Court against the city and a police sergeant, Eugene police officer Brian Hagen says he suffered retaliation and harassment after asking supervisors at the Eugene Police Department to provide the SWAT team with additional training and equipment. The acting chief of police had little to say about the lawsuit. I'll comment as far as to say the complaint that has been made is without merit (laughs) and that we look forward to pressing it in court, Uh, says uh, Pete Kearns, the interim police chief. Hagen's attorney had to go into a meeting and did not comment. He said Hagen, who was uh, recently injured in the line of duty, was recovering and would um, would not be able for comment. According to the suit, while responding to police calls as part of a canine unit, Hagen reported several negligent and unintended fi- and unintended firearm discharges by the SWAT team members. Wow. That's pretty serious. That puts the SWAT team, other police officers, and the public in extreme danger. Hagen says... Sounds he, like a bunch of yokels uh, effing around with yoo-hoo. their guns. Yeah. Hagen says he made numerous requests for more training and equipment. Instead, Hagen alleges that he was then subjected to an ongoing campaign of retaliation and harassment. Wow. He, I mean, this isn't even the most radical of outings. This isn't like he pointed out somebody who uh, no. who harmed someone uh, he, he secretly. He was within or, the department. Yeah. He just, he just saying, complained about some people shooting guns when, uh, accidentally and yeah. negligently. These guys are a bunch of yokels. Uh, let's get them some training. I mean, these, the police... It could have been look, him that caught one of those bullets, you know? Right. Well, it could have been anybody. Uh, and, and these police hold, hold themselves up as the paragon of excellence when it comes to firearms, right? right. I mean, they should be the ones that have firearms, not the rest of you little people. One of the, one of the, the things that you hear about uh, you know, from, the, from the gun confiscation advocates is, well, the police have received training. Right. <laughs> How much? Well, clearly, they're the ones that don't make mistakes. Apparently, according to this guy, at least, these guys were, you know, pointing guns all over the place and shooting them by accident and all mm. kinds of stuff. Gosh. In May 2008, he says he was told that he would lose his spot on the K-9 team. And this is, you know, I can see why officers would want to be on the K-9 team. It's, you know, it's, it's the find drugs, get confiscated. Kind keep, of fun stuff to do, I keep guess. Keep the cash. Yeah. During these months, Hagen claims his supervisor publicized his departure and ridiculed him. Apparently, uh, he can't get any corroboration from that. Well, I wonder why. It's probably because of the thin blue line. This reminds me of uh, Brad Jardis, the law enforcement against prohibition member, who is one of the very, very few LEAP members who is an actual active duty police officer. And they had been kind of ribbing him in general about that. And then recently he was quoted in a, a fairly lengthy newspaper article up here in New Hampshire that featured him and uh, Rick Van Wickler, one of the jail superintendents from the Cheshire County Jail, which is where our, our buddy Dave Ridley is actually being imprisoned at this moment. But they had a handful of uh, cops from New Hampshire that were talking about how it is they've come to the conclusion that prohibition is a really bad idea, just like it was back in the 20s, uh, and that it needs to be ended. And so the retaliation came uh, at that point from the other people in the department just um, – Basically locking him out of any kind of 
conversations and, and being very rude to him, uh, being mean to him. Uh, he'd already experienced some level of retaliation as far as not getting overtime and that's, that sort of thing, as, as I understand the story. So it's not uncommon at all. If you're not towing the police line, if you're not doing exactly uh, what uh, is expected of you by the uh, the superiors, and that is being completely obedient and not uh, speaking out against problems, apparently, then they'll go after you and they'll they'll punish you, and that's what's happening here. Not an uncommon story at all. Any cop who's had experience on the force will tell you this, and this is one of the reasons why the good cops leave, why the good cops decide that they just don't want to deal with this crap anymore, well, and I, they leave. I imagine that they get to see over time, if they're there for any length of time, you know, it's it's uh, what the kind of ribbing that people take, and they know, look, if I step out of line here and I report somebody for something, and... This guy, Hagen, he, he, all he did was report it to his superiors, mm-hmm. uh, and it was some pretty serious stuff, uh, you know, people firing guns negligently. So it's not accident. like he went up to, like, some commission or something like no, that? he didn't go to the newspaper. He didn't go to uh, file yeah. charges. He didn't go to the union. He didn't go to anything. He went up his chain of command. Talk about an oppressive work atmosphere. An oppressive, frightening, scary work workplace yeah. environment. And, and from what I can tell, the majority of departments are like this. Mm-hmm. I, you know that the, the 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 problems come from the top, not from the bottom. Yeah. And yeah, watch those yokels will get promoted. <laughs> That's the how guys it goes. fooling with the guns. Well, because the, they know to keep their mouths shut. Mm. And this guy was trying to make things work the way they're supposed to work. And so now he's bringing a lawsuit against the department for the retaliation. Correct. Uh, he's he's uh, seeking extra salary he would have received on the K9 team and several hundred thousand dollars for emotional distress. I hope he gets it. Yeah. I, it's just going to. He does. It's it's just going to come out of the tax coffers. That's true, and he he won't get it. I mean, it's very unlikely, don't you think? Um, I think he's up get, against the police chief. He'll man. get. I I think I think he'll get something. Just right. my opinion. Well, I hope if, somebody keeps an eye on it. The, the union's extraordinarily powerful. If the union's behind him, then is it the union behind him? I don't. It didn't say. But I wonder I, who sways the most influence in the police union. Do you think it's the uh, the chiefs? No, I wouldn't think so. No, chiefs aren't in the union. Oh, really? Yeah, they're working. Working guys are in unions supposedly. Once you're in management, gotcha. you're not in union anymore. Okay. So, anything else about the story you want to share? That's it. Let's yeah. go to the phone calls. Who's this? Amplifier line on screen. You're on the air. Hi, this is Gene, the Christian anarchist, Gene. just back from China. Welcome back. What's on your mind tonight? Well, we've been talking about police, and I'll tell you that the police in China have a much better working relationship with the public than our police do, and that's in a, a pretty oppressive regime uh, in, in China. They don't treat you too well if you've been arrested for mm-hmm. something. But uh, if you're just an average Joe on the street, their interaction with uh, with the public is by far better than our police interaction with the public. When you say that, do you just uh, mean they're friendlier or what? In what way are they better? They are. Uh, number one, they're not armed. They don't have a taser or a firearm. <laughs> I love so that. That's great. You cannot you cannot be tasered by them or shot by them. Uh, I mean, at least uh, the, probably the worst you could get is a whack on the head with a billy club. Um, but... Uh, they actually will talk to the people, and I've seen this in several occasions where people get into arguments or discussions regarding uh, who knows what because they're speaking Chinese. My wife sometimes tries to tell me what's going on, but usually there's a discussion about somebody smoking where they're not supposed to or whatever, and the cop is over there, and they actually try to mediate the situation. They don't just come in there and start bossing people around. If you have more stories from China, hang on, Gene. We'll bring it back here in moments. Gene, the Christian anarchist on the line with us, we will talk to you about what you want. 
You can dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Got a little bit of hate mail. Uh, we might share that with you. We don't get that too often, uh, but we got a little more, so we'll give that to you here in moments. And you can call in about anything. That's the point of the show. That's why we call it Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. Attention, all active-duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We start things out by continuing with Gene the Christian Anarchist, who has just returned from another trip to China Always like to hear what your observations are, Gene. Uh, what else did you have to share with us tonight? Well, I did have to deal with the uh, Chinese internet censorship on this trip, and really? that was a that was a problem because the Chinese have effectively shut down the internet as far as websites that they don't like, such as YouTube. Oh wow! YouTube is not available in China at all, mm. and the only way I tried several ways uh, I had access to my office computer using uh, a remote uh, office, you know, a remote uh, software, yeah, a remote, remote web desktop. service. Right. Yeah. And so I was using that to try and set up my office computer as a VPN tunnel so that I could get to the internet, but I, just, I wasn't able to get it properly configured. So I did wind up using one of uh, GCN's advertisers, which is patriotinternet.com. And I set up through them a, a VPN tunnel, and then I was able to access anything that the, the Chinese were censoring. <laughs> but Sweet. it was so, slow. So you were able to get around, uh, the, even you, who had uh, virtually no experience living in China, uh, you're only a guest there, you just visited, even you were able to set up a, a situation where you could get past the censors. Yeah, and I was able to talk with somebody at a uh, internet bar, and they weren't able to get YouTube either because they said that in order to do it, you had to have uh, access to a server overseas. So uh, you you definitely the people in China are definitely effectively cut off yeah, from anything sucks. the government doesn't want them to see. What about and the uh, what about Tor the anonymizer? I wonder if that would help. I, are you familiar with that at all? I, I tried. I went to the Tor website and I tried to get it set up, but it was, you know, and I actually had a Tor uh, program running on my computer, but I couldn't get it properly seated. I mean, mm. I only had like four connections, and until you get enough friends connected to your Tor, 
you're pretty much kind of dead in the water. And I didn't see any way to actually browse the web through Tor. I did see a way to transfer files, but file transfer is not the problem. You know, you can pretty much transfer any file you want. It's it's getting the news and information from websites like YouTube and and certain internet websites. Now, Free Talk Live was freely available in oh, good. in China. I didn't have any problem there. In fact, all of the GCN sites were available. But Great. they don't like YouTube. They don't like Twitter. They don't like uh, Facebook, some of those things. Um, they have effectively shut those out. And, of course, I, I again, looking for stop signs. I never found any in China. <laughs> I didn't find any in Hong Kong. They even asked a Hong Kong taxi driver about stop signs, and, you know, he says, no, there's no stop signs in Hong Kong. Hong Kong is extremely different, a lot different than China, even though it's Chinese, supposedly Chinese government. Do you normally, do, have, Gene, do you normally take a trip down to Hong Kong? It's the first time I think you've, you've told us about it. I went to Hong Kong 15 years ago, and back then it was British. But you went but today? They, or went, you went uh, this past visit as well? Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. And they do not have the Internet censorship. You can get wow. anything on the Internet at Hong Kong. They I actually have street street protests. You know how they've uh, they've shut out the Falun Gong and in China, and they've been persecuting them and putting them all in jail. But the Falun Gong still have... Uh, freedom in Hong Kong, and they actually have street posters showing the brutality of the uh, of the Chinese government against Falun Gong. It's very so, interesting how they've been so hands off uh, with with Hong Kong. A lot of people were concerned that when the British handed it back over to China, uh, that there would be a big crackdown. And from everything I've read and everything I've heard, all the stories, the anecdotes, uh, it just hasn't happened. They've really been kind of letting the golden Hong goose Kong, live. It, Hong Kong is an amazing place to do business because there's no sales tax, there's virtually no income tax. Um, you have the freedom to do all kinds of business. Now, in China proper, in the mainland of China, you also have no sales tax and a very, very limited income tax. So you have a great deal of financial freedom in, in mainland China as well, much mm -hmm. more than we do here in the States. And um, Well, um, financial freedom is only one aspect. You know what? When you're talking about civil liberties, too, uh, I, it's my understanding that uh, Singapore is extraordinarily free from, you know, an economic standpoint, but you spit on the sidewalk, they're going to hit you with a stick. Yeah. Yeah, you got to watch it in Singapore. But uh, I guess uh, Jim Rogers likes uh, uh, Singapore because that's where he moved. So, so what other York observations now. do you have for us tonight? Anything else? Other observations. We went to the Three Gorges Dam. uh and went to a small village there, which was a minority village, and that was pretty interesting. I what is a minority it, village? Uh, well, they have several minorities in China, and the minorities in China look like regular Chinese. So the only thing different is their cultures and their traditions, mm. and um, they definitely had some interesting stuff there regarding uh, the way people used to make uh, grain and uh, and grind it. They had all kinds of different things, but it was interesting to see how things used to be done in the old days. Any uh, trouble and from customs on the way back into the U.S.? Actually, we blew right through customs, no problem. Oh. So most of the time, we don't have problems going either way. Now, interestingly enough, when you get on the plane in China, you don't have to take off your shoes to go through uh, security. Now, that's a, that's a stupid rule that's only practiced, apparently, in the United States. So did you actually... Point of information, did you actually travel via plane within China, so from China to Hong Kong, for instance, took a separate trip? We didn't this trip. We have in the past. We didn't do it this trip. We took a train from Hong Kong, well, actually from Shenzhen, which is right next to Hong Kong, 
to Wuhan, which is where my wife uh, lives. It's so convenient to travel by train in China because you can take an overnight train with a sleeper car, and that way you just basically sleep on the train. When you get up in the morning, you're at your destination, so it's so, pretty convenient. That's neat. That what, do you, what do you like the most about Hong Kong, Gene? Well, we stayed at a beachfront hotel this time in Hong Kong, and I really enjoyed the beach and the ferry system going back and forth. You got to see a lot of uh, the skyline of Hong Kong. It's very pretty. They have a lot of uh, tall buildings, and it's it's reasonably clean and mountainous in Hong Kong. It's I not, have, uh, I've seen some pictures. Uh, there's this website that I go to frequently called Interface Lift. Uh, and they take there's pe- people that just take pictures of beautiful things from around the world, and they post them up there, and you can get them at high resolution. And like uh, I've got an HD TV, so I get them at HD TV resolution, and it makes for some really nice backgrounds. You've seen these pictures, giant, giant pictures. Uh, they're they're beautiful, and some of the pictures from Hong Kong are just stunning. They've taken photos of the buildings at nighttime, and just all of the neon tracings on the buildings. It's just it'll it'll. I mean, it's just imagining having to go through whatever bureaucracy would be necessary to even apply to do something like that. And in New York City, for instance, is uh, just bewildering. It would never be approved. Oh. There, would, there would be no way that anybody could put the kind of neon lighting that they have on those buildings uh, in Hong Kong anywhere in America. One, one more thing about the police in Hong Kong. The police in Hong Kong are a lot more like our police than the Chinese police. They hmm. have the sidearms. They have the computers in the car. Um, they have, uh, you know, they're more big brotherish looking than the, than the mainland Chinese police. I don't know. If they actually are more big brotherish, but they do have the, they are armed and they do have the computers in the car, unlike mainland Chinese who doesn't have that kind of technology. They wouldn't know what and what to do with a computer if it was put in front of them. Thanks, Gene, for the call. Always interesting hearing uh, stories from across uh, overseas, other places. Thank you for the call tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Go and go and find a picture of. Hong Kong City at nighttime and just look at the buildings and then pull up a picture of New York City and the the difference is amazing uh in the in the beauty and the just the awe, awe inspiringness of the the buildings up there it's really just a striking difference you can tell immediately that there's a whole lot more freedom to do business in Hong Kong than there is in in New York City it's got to be a really interesting place to live all right, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line coming up. Hate mail. We have recently started on a station down in Tallahassee, Florida. In fact, we used to be on Tallahassee a long time ago, and now we're back. Uh, we're on WFLA-FM, and we've gotten our second piece of hate mail. The program director is real good about sending on this. From, from mail. that station? Or? Uh, from a listener of that station. Okay. So the listener sent the hate mail to the radio station's program director. He then forwarded it on to me. We'll share that with you here in a little bit and take your calls about anything at 800-259-9231+. Plus. It's my understanding that Sam is going to be coming in here tonight uh, to sit in with us. He's going to tell about what happened to him today as he was assaulted by a court security officer here in Keene, New Hampshire. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You dial in and bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. Sam joining us uh, better late than never. Uh, Not that you were late because you weren't scheduled for tonight, so you've come in uh, specially to sit in here on the program. And, of course, we'll talk to you about anything if you dial in at 800-259-9231. 
Join more than half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. You can incorporate a business, create a will or a living trust, even register a trademark, empowering you, protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. That's FTL is in Free Talk Live. LegalZoom.com. All right. So you can bring up anything. In the meantime, we'll talk about things interesting to us. And something very interesting happened today here in Keene, New Hampshire, which is uh, where we do the show. And Sam, you're a relatively new mover here. You came here in January and you made a pretty big splash after you showed up at the Keene District Court with a video camera. Now, the first couple times you'd showed up, and you can see footage of this, I think, on the Free Keen YouTube channel, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, but uh, the, the first couple times you went in there, they ordered you to turn the camera off. You refer, refused to turn the camera off, and this was just in the court lobby. And then eventually, once Dave Ridley was arrested for videotaping in the court lobby, for doing the same thing that you had done, mm-hmm. uh, he was arrested for that thing, was put up, uh, there was an arraignment for Dave, you attended that, you recorded video at the arraignment, were arrested yourself, you refused to uh, give your name, because of that they decided to hold you indefinitely in a jail cell, it lasted 58 days before they finally uh, unceremoniously dumped you out the, the front door. And uh, now Dave Ridley is actually serving out a six-day sentence for the whole recording in the courtroom. So at this point, we've had two activists who've spent a total of uh, or will be spending a total of uh, 64 days behind bars at the cost of over $80 a day uh, just just to show that they're serious about banning cameras from the Keene District Court lobby. Now, they've been allowing cameras in the courtroom but they don't want them out in the lobby. And then recently they allowed somebody else, another activist, uh, Andrew here in town, also known as 280. Uh, so 280 had brought a camera into, because uh, we got more than one Andrew, and so we're going to, we're starting to have to give people Come nicknames. Come up with nicknames, yep. And so 280 comes in with a camera, and he was accompanying you as you were looking at some of the papers in your case. He was filming just the papers. He wasn't really filming the bureaucrats or anything like that, though he did film some of the uh, the clerks. Yes. Uh, and so he was operating a camera, and they didn't stop him from doing that. No, and I actually had my uh, SLR digital still camera yes. and went through the case file and took pictures of everything right there at the clerk's window as it says you are lawfully allowed to do under the New Hampshire statutes. There's a, c- a certain statute that says there's a public records, anything pretty much with the exception of like uh, the school kids. You can't go and look at the school kids' grades or something. But for the most part, most public records and bureaucracies are completely open to anybody that wants to go in and look at them. And you can either go in and look at them, or you can go in and bring a camera, and it specifically says photographs are allowed. And th- these are their own rules. Uh, it says photographs are allowed, even electronic recording devices. So you could bring a video camera in, too, and use, and use that. And so you had gone in today to the same court lobby. Actually, we had gone into the clerk's office for the first time. Oh, also today? Yes. Uh, oh, see, I wasn't there, so you're going to have to tell right. the whole story. So I, I was sent in on a mission by my lawyer to get the blueprints as for, in uh, preparation for trial. And um, so we went into the clerk's office. Now, I didn't notice this on the way in, but there is a new sign, piece of paper in the lobby that says, <laughs> photo. Uh, photography or uh, photographic devices are prohibited from all offices. Wow. Okay, now this is because of what we did earlier this uh, or last week yeah. where uh, you and I and a handful of other activists went into the, uh, not the clerk's office, but the revenue office 
uh, the tax collector's office, and I paid a property tax bill in all ones. And that video is also up at freekeen.com, also obscuredtruth.com. It's, it's got over 3,000 views now. It has, good. yeah. And so a lot of people have been enjoying watching that, but apparently the bureaucrats didn't enjoy it very much because now they've put up a policy that it was only that cameras were banned from the court lobby. Now cameras have been banned from every office in the entire government building. Freedom of the press, huh? Well, they're showing how open and, and proud of what they do in there. <laughs> exactly. So uh, so that was uh, on the wall today when you went in for the purposes of doing what you had to do. Yeah, so uh, we went into the clerk's office. I... Um they immediately all there were two of them that started shouting. Oh, there's no recording in here. No recording in here. <laughs> and I had put out on the forum. Did post, you get that footage? You have footage of a lot of this stuff. I, I didn't. Okay. I wasn't recording, but other folks were. And yes, they <laughs> nice. got it. So I, all I did was post this morning a few hours before. Hey, I need to go uh, get this pa- these papers from the clerk. Will anybody go with me? I had like eight people show up, and uh, yeah, that was a real short notice thing. And like, <laughs> you posted at nine a.m. or something like that, or eight well, or whatever, and it really wasn't going to be a big deal at all. And it, and it turned you didn't out, think, yeah. Well, I didn't know about this uh, no recording. I didn't even right. see the sign on the way in, and um, they but, would have said that anyway. They said that to me a year or so ago when Russell Canning went in there to take himself off the voters' rolls. Right. They got upset about me bringing a camera in there as well. They've never liked cameras, and now they're really cracking down, it sounds like. Right. So we go in, and the uh, lady sitting at the desk eventually just, when we when we are still recording, she gets up and leaves. <laughs> We're standing there for a good three or four minutes, start making fun of uh, one of the pictures on the wall. It turns out to be the first city clerk for the city of Keene that Anyway, uh, they send out an underling who says, what record are you looking for? She won't answer any of my questions like, what's your name? Um, are you the uh, custodian of the record? And uh, she just kept asking, what record do you want? I said, okay, I want the record of that tells me who the custodian of the record is. <laughs> so she's like, uh, he walks away, Dress. goes back into the office. Apparently, they had to research it. I mean, all I was asking for is the head of the office because this is the person that's responsible. Isn't that the city clerk? Yes, it is. Patty, Patty Little. It, it is, absolutely, I knew right. that. Okay, but I need to go in and ask and make sure that you know they're getting me the person responsible for maintaining the records. That's important. Got it. So eventually, she comes out. I introduce myself. The clerk comes yeah, out. Patty okay. comes Patty. out. She says, uh, "What is it you're looking for?" And I said the uh, and you guys are still rolling tape the entire time. Oh yeah. Okay. They just they let that die. You know when we weren't getting upset, we were just standing there peacefully. I had talked to everybody. Look, we need to be quiet. We need to be calm, collect, and this this will be okay. And they just gave up their objections. Eventually, she came out. She talked to me. Asked what did I need? I said I need blueprints. (laughs) You know what they said back in the back? They're not leaving. Go out there. <laughs> your turn. Your turn. You already answered by. Um, okay. So we. Uh, she asked that. Um, she says, "Well, you'll have to. Uh, you'll have to submit that in writing." And so I'm like, "Okay." And I pulled a piece of paper out of my back pocket, which was the 91A request in writing for all of these things that gives them five days to respond. And I said, you, you, "I don't have to submit that in writing if these records are are, um, you know, maintained here. You should be able to go retrieve them right now." says, well, we don't have them uh, organized or whatever. Mm. So I think I'm going to submit another request that says, give me a list of all the records that you keep organized in this office so we know what so we you can know go what in you and ask, ask for, for, and they can have to give it right away. That makes sense. She uh, took that, and also in there was a request for all of the uh, details of the settlements and lawsuits between the city and any uh, other people for the last 10 years. Oh, wow. 
Now, are they going to charge you for this? Uh, yes, I'll have to pay for the copies of the documents if I want them from them. But I'm going to go in and photograph them. Uh, That's <laughs> that free. Way, yeah, that way you don't have to pay for the copies. And there's more to come here. The police were oh, called. Yeah. Uh, we will get to the rest of the story here in moments. 800-259-9231. Sam is here with us from ObscuredTruth.com. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. They say we're hated for our freedoms. Their solution? Take away our freedoms. Either you're with us or you are with the terrorists. They spend both your lives and your money with reckless abandon. We're out of money now. We're operating uh, in deep deficits. One organization dares to dream of a world where nations compete for citizens instead of enslaving them. The Seasteading Institute is looking for pioneers to homestead the high seas and take civilization to the next level. Join the revolution at Seasteading. Org. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. It's 800-259-9231. Tonight, Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features. We give them away, including... The chat room. Just go to chat.freetalklive.com. During the show is the best time to go in there. You'll find a number of other folks chatting about whatever. So chat.freetalklive.com. It is free. Hey, uh, are you frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live? Tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life? Well, if you knew that thousands of liberty-loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active, would you join them? You can. Just join the Free State Project and move to New Hampshire at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. You know, we don't even have to do civil disobedience uh, to get involved in uh, issues with the state up here. We can, we can follow their own rules. We can follow their own rules to the letter, and they'll still go after. They'll still come after us with their threats and their violence and their arbitrary nonsense, which is what happened today. Where Sam, you went, uh, you and a handful of activists, you organized this within hours of actually doing it, and still managed to get five, at least five people to turn out, which is mm-hmm. great. Just a real testament to how Johnny on the spot these activists are, and how willing they are to jump out and do something on short notice. Uh, but you went into the city of Keene building on uh, main, the main area of uh, Main Street area of, of Keene today with the purpose of just checking on some records. Uh, you brought some cameras along because when you check records in New Hampshire, their own laws, their own rules say that you're allowed to photograph them. That way you don't have to pay to have the uh, the photocopies made in the office, which is like 50 cents a page or something Quarter absurd page, like that. Yeah. Uh, so that way you can save some money and you can have your own photos of the of the documents. So that's what you had gone in to intend to do. First, you stopped down into the city clerk's office. They freaked out about uh, the cameras coming in there because wherever the activists go, there are cameras that are included with them, which is great. Uh, the bureaucrats hate that stuff. And so you went into the clerk's office. You hadn't seen the sign yet that said that uh, cameras have been banned from every single office in the building now. I don't know if that includes the lobby area, but essentially the government bureaucrats do not want the cameras. I, I don't around think them. it includes the lobby. It specifically said the offices. the offices. What I'm wondering is, is an office someplace that business is conducted, and the city council room where they hold the meetings, they're clearly conducting business. Sure. So did they just ban cameras from city council meetings? Good question. Uh, I, well, that will remain to be seen, I'm sure. There's another one coming up here, I think, at the end of the month, so you can try bringing your camera to that and Great. see what happens. <laughs> Uh, but you were telling us about the the clerk and what was going on in, in there, and then the story moves elsewhere. So let's continue. Right. So uh, Richard, one of the other uh, uh, liberty activists The minister here, of propaganda. That's him. Uh, he wanted to check on Stuart Clark's file and see if he could learn anything in the, in the case file. Who is Stuart file. Clark? 
Stuart Clark is somebody that was uh, sleeping diagonal from me in the gymnasium when I was in jail. He was there on a driving uh, uh, violation for a mandatory minimum one-year sentence, and he uh, died in his sleep, and nobody knows what happened to him. Hmm. So we're trying to uh, just look into that, see what what was going on. And uh, he had submitted a request in writing several days ago. They hadn't responded to it. He wanted to go up and check on it. And while I was just standing around, I wasn't actually planning on going up to the court's office. Um, but I ended up doing it, and I thought I would just pull some other case files. So I asked them for yours to mm-hmm. just look into some things. And uh, they went and went ahead and got them. And by the time, eventually we got the records out. I pulled out my camera and was about to start photographing them, and one of the bailiffs came up. Now, this is the same bailiff that if you hear the audio, if you listen to the audio when Sam was arrested a few months ago, this is the same bailiff that started to really get into it with another one of the activists and really got up in his face and got angry and has, he's, has a real temper problem. In fact, he had to be pulled back by the head bailiff who basically said, Ron, Ron, and, you know, backed him down uh, at that time. Was there anyone there to back him down this time around? Yes, the same thing happened today. Um, towards the end of the encounter, he, I was standing at the clerk's window and one of them pushed me forward. The other one ripped me back and almost pulled me down to the ground. Uh, and this is after he had raised his voice and gotten very angry, and the other guard said the same thing. Ron, you know, take it easy, take it easy, or calm down, something like that. Yeah, so this so is the, the same The head guy. bailiff wasn't there for this uh, encounter? No, Lance was not there today. I like Lance. Okay, so what? <laughs> so, so the, you pulled out the camera and... Yeah, so I had the camera there. I was ready to start photographing the records, and the guard comes up and says, oh, you can't take pictures in here. And I'm like, okay, I'm here to photograph the records. Uh, how would you like me to do that? Well, you can you can take pictures out there, and he points to the stairwell uh, outside of the lobby. So I said, okay, to the clerk, I said, okay, the uh, ma'am, the bailiff is instructing me to take these records out into the hallway to photograph them, so I'm going to do that. Oh, no, no, you can't. You, you can't take the records out of my sight. I, 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 <laughs> so I looked back to him and said, okay, I, these records can't leave here, so where would you like me to photograph them? Well, you, you can't photograph them. I said, okay, are you denying me the right to photograph these records? And, you know, we just go back and forth. He uh, he told me I couldn't leave the office. I asked, well, I don't care where you need me to photograph them. I can go back there, pointing back to the clerk's office. Mm, yeah, right. Because <laughs> they're saying, well, we've got minors in here. You can't. You can't take pictures. I said, well, you know, I'll, I'll take, I'll go wherever. Because you can't go take back pictures there. of minors in public spaces. Right. Um, if you went out to the sidewalk, which is a communally owned public mm-hmm. space, yeah, or the stairwell, right, and you and you could take care, of, you could take pictures of minors there. It might be a little creepy, but you could. Yeah, it, yeah, you could. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you took a picture of the the Keen, uh, the church at the head of Keen Square, some people might get in that picture. Would those people's rights have been violated? No. no. Those people are out on public property. They're just making whatever excuses they can. And it's actually interesting that they've gone ahead and banned cameras from every office in the building now because uh, the old excuse for why you wouldn't be able to to have cameras in the court lobby was, well, there could be minors uh, and uh, rape victims in there, and they don't want to be photographed. But what are they going to say now? What's their excuse? What is the status apologist uh, excuse going to be now for why they've banned cameras everywhere? I don't know. We'll find out. So what, <laughs> yes, we will. So when I suggested that I go, I could go back into their office and uh, photograph the the records I was looking for. Boy, he got angry and just <laughs> said, "You will not go back into that office. That's a restricted area, <laughs> sir." I mean, it just it, it scared him to think that we would go back on his little fiefdom back there. Yeah. 
Um, so essentially, they just refuse to let me photograph the records. They've, which is against the law, because the yeah. New Hampshire law says that specifically that you're allowed to photograph these records. But and it's not uh, against the law, the bureaucrats and what they say. See, the bureaucrats can make their own law whenever they spew out of their mouths. Well, they, so, they, no, they're, they're not making their own law. They're breaking the law with the oh, things that they're doing and saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. I mean, now, yes, the fact that the law won't be enforced by the law enforcement officers. See, that's just it. That's the problem. There was a, there was something later that I did show up for, and I'm sure we'll get to this, but just to in, in, interject right now, when Sam went and talked to the police about this, because he went and, and basically called the cops on the people in the in the court lobby, when he was talking to the police lieutenant, the police lieutenant reminded Sam that it was his interpretation of the law. So he didn't know. He didn't right. think the law was. I don't care. I don't really know what this says, but um, we interpret it differently. We interpret it in favor. Well, of he the actually bureaucrats. admitted to not having read the law. Of the course, he had. The cop hasn't. admitted that he hadn't read the law, and then he said, "Well, that's just your interpretation. They'll have to investigate it first to determine whether or not the law was broken." Well, and I asked the bailiff if he knew what the if he had read uh, RSA ninety one A. Section four, which is says specifically that you know recording is allowed. Yes. And uh, he said no, he hadn't. And I said, well, are you here to uphold the law? And he said, no, he's not. This was the bailiff you asked about. <laughs> yeah. That? He, he is said, not a law enforcement officer. Yes, he's an he officer is. Of the court. He's a he's sworn. There, well, he swore an oath, didn't he? I don't think they did, but he does have powers of arrest, and they threatened okay. to take me off to prison, which. Seeing as how he doesn't have a car or any way to transport me, I would take that as a personal threat. So he was threatening, I guess, to kidnap me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then what? So they um, essentially... And what about the other activists during, during all of this? I mean, you were at the window doing your business with the court, and you had a handful of other activists back there, some of them with cameras. Whether they were recording or not is unknown at, at this point. Uh, but what what were they doing? How were they being treated by the court bailiffs? They're sitting on the benches, um, you know, just being quiet, kind of observing what's going on. Eventually, you know, through this whole ordeal, the the bailiff, after he doesn't get anywhere with me, he goes around and starts grabbing people's cameras. Wow. Or not cameras, but telephones out of their hand. And, uh, you know, he goes and harasses every single person in there. And I'm like, sir, can you please stop harassing these people? Uh, he figured he'd pick on them because you know what you're – I mean, he, you are the experienced activist in his mind. Yeah. And he's going to go pick on the little guys. Uh so I start telling them, don't consent to these searches, and you know he continues this tirade, and eventually I get fed up and call the police. So did he successfully take the cell phones from any of the activists? He did from one and then gave it back real quick. I think he realized he made a mistake. 800-259-9231 if you'd only realized he'd made a whole bunch more. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to promote us by going to promote.freetalklive.com. There's a whole list of things you can do, most of them completely free or very low cost, to get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country, to bring Free Talk Live to more ears uh, via the MP3 players around the world, head over to promote.freetalklive.com. We're talking about a continued crackdown on freedom of the press here in New Hampshire, specifically the Keene area, uh, where uh, activists today found out that the cameras have now been banned from all government offices here in uh, the city of, or at least in the city of Keene building. 
Uh, they've been banned, and that's because we went in there earlier this past week and recorded me paying a property tax bill in all ones. They didn't like that very much. They certainly didn't like it when you went into the district court a few months ago and recorded up there in the court lobby. They didn't like it when Dave Ridley did the same thing. You guys both went to jail for that. And so now they're threatening the other activists with jail if they if they uh, bring cameras in to record what is supposed to be public business. What are supposed to be pub what is supposed to be public property, public officials doing a so-called service to people uh that on the job on the record as Dave Ridley points out, but apparently not in Keene, New Hampshire. So you went in there today to do some business where you had to, were checking on some records. And the court bailiff basically assaulted you at least once, maybe more than once. He was trying to steal people's camera phones from or their their cell phones, whether or not they had a camera on them. He was trying to take their phones from them. He did back down on that issue, but still, this guy was up in your face, being very rude, and you were just trying to take pictures of some court records, which even in their own rules says you can do that. Yes. What and, else have we missed? And I have to do that in that office. Because they won't let you leave. Well, them. no, the, the law actually says that the documents cannot leave the office. So if he won't let me take pictures in the lobby, if he won't let me go into any of the other rooms back there, how am I supposed to photograph these records as the law says I am allowed to do? It's a fine question. Uh, and he didn't have an answer for that, of course, because no, he he's just making care. he's just enforcing an arbitrary rule that was come up with allegedly by the judge. There's a sign on the wall up there. This it's now infamous, I think. Oh yeah, he said, you know, oh we've been through this before. You know what the you know, you know what the sign says. <laughs> the sign is of course completely unsigned. It's just a piece of paper that's been typed up that says cameras aren't allowed in the court lobby. Yes, and I actually today in the course asked for that. Uh, first they refused to give it to me. The I'm, I'm talking to the clerk. The bailiff is yelling over my shoulder oh he's already got one which i don't have one um one what she's t- one of the, uh, of the, the order. order okay that's on the the supposed order that's on the wall so they took the unsigned it, order again they took it out of the case they brought it back photocopied it and then the clerk uh, gave it to me and i asked her I, I told her i need a stamp copy that's certified that this is from the clerk mm. she refused wow refused the stamp machine was about two feet to her right Usually it's no problem. Usually they'll just, if you're going yeah, in to no. turn a document in, they'll stamp your copy to show that they received it and all that. Yeah, she would She would not do that. What and is she hiding? Who is she protecting? I don't know. Well, we don't know because it's unsigned, so anybody could have written <laughs> And you couldn't take a picture of receiving it from her either because no. the, the, the cameras aren't allowed there. Right. Um, so, you know, Freedom this... of the press, though. Freedom of the press. <laughs> So the, the uh, gosh, man, there was so much that happened. Yes, really, I wish I could they, have been uh, there. They decided it, that um, eventually the judge would have to hear this. And I'm like, oh, really? Because that's not what to the law what? says. To hear An exemption for you to, to, to take have pictures? A, to hear the, the, uh, com- the issue or whatever, the fact that photography is banned in the lobby, and I'm there in exercise of the law to photograph some records, the judge has to apparently hear that and figure out what to do. <laughs> And I'm like, really? It doesn't. Can you show me where it says that that the judge has to have a hearing in order for me to do this? Because I don't. I didn't read that section. Mm. No, no, I can't. No, <laughs> we said so. So that was at two o'clock. Um, the judge was going to hear it at about three o'clock, and so then they tried to take the records back. And I'm like, no, no, I, I'll review them in the meantime. I'm not done examining these records. Right. And uh, she's like, well, but I have to stand here. Um, if the office is open, you should be able to review those records. What the law says. And, and she starts saying, well, I have to stand here. and We're really busy. And, uh, you know, if, if you sit there and look at the records, I'll have to wait here for you. 
Aww. And I looked at her and I said, it sucks when people waste your time, doesn't it? Oh, <laughs> you know, that's going to bring people to this, the same critique that I've received for doing the, uh, the the dollar bill protest. And that is that I wasted people's time. by and going taxpayer in, dollars. How they, about they, the time that government wastes of the citizens when they bring when they when they pull this kind of garbage? Right. I, I I agree with you, but that's going to be something that you're going to hear from people is that, Sam, you went in there just to waste people's time. This with was this. a non-issue, Ian. I, this was 10 minutes. I get the records. I photograph them, right. take still pictures of them and leave. They made it into an issue. They turned it into, yeah, into an hour and a half ordeal sitting there in their lot. Actually, just like they did no, when we were it? there with the dollars, when we, when I was paying with the dollars, yeah. they could have just taken the money, counted it quietly and processed me through. But no, they come in and make a big deal out of the cameras being there and turn it into a scene yeah and we were there for two and a half hours today today sitting in the lobby uh so the guys you know they're tired of getting harassed and so forth and uh you know at one point i would say if you just stop hurting people this will all go away Mm -hmm. and they start laughing they thought the the Uh the, the bailiffs and some of the police like hurting people um, so then Dan and uh, one of the, Marcus, uh, two of the other Keniacs, start having a conversation about uh, government and its authority and so <laughs> forth. And, uh, you know, just spreading the message of yeah. liberty and uh, talking to where they probably were hearing it. They are going to love it when we start doing courtroom <laughs> outreach, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Because that's coming soon, I think. I, I don't know how soon it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. But eventually, I think what we need to do is get activists in there on a, at least a monthly basis, if not more often, if possible. And go in for an arraignment on like a Monday morning, 9 a.m., when they have the whole room full of uh, victims, you know, people that the, the police have pulled over for speeding and possession of marijuana and all the piddly crap that have, has no victim, mm-hmm. and have some sort of uh, flyer that we can hand out to those folks. And just just an outreach flyer. Hey, are you under attack by the state? We care. We're interested. Whatever the, the text would be, just the whole idea of being in there reaching out to people will really set them off. Then they'll ban uh, flyers from the right from the court. So or, and then they'll ban flyers from the building when we go downstairs and hit them as they're coming in. And then what are they going to do when it's out on the sidewalk? Hmm. It's all city property. They could ban it. They they could just ban we anything own this. anywhere. Yeah. No leafleting. So uh, the the police finally show up. Um, you called them. I called them, yeah. I called the, the business line and asked for an officer to come out and respond. So uh, you didn't call 911? No, no. Because in New Hampshire, there's a law. If you make a, a non-emergency call to 911, they can charge you with that. And it gotcha. wouldn't surprise me that if they, they would try and do, yeah. pull something like that. Um, let's see. So the the cop that responds walks through the lobby and then The leaves. first floor lobby? No, the upstairs lobby, well, he did apparently. Come, okay. I never saw him. I told the police who I was, so he could have said, hey, is, is Sam here? Didn't bother to do that, left. I call back to the police station. I'm like, where is this guy? Well, he came through and, and didn't see anybody. Well, I need him. You know, how am I supposed to know who he is? There are other police officers coming in here for court. He made no effort to, uh, you know, seek me out or anything. It, Customer room's not that big. The customer service stinks. Yeah. Well, too yeah. bad. Pay your pay your taxes, citizen. So eventually he comes <laughs> back and walks in as the bailiff is trying to pull the court documents from my hands that I'm in the middle of reviewing. You weren't done, but he was going to insist that you were. Yes, because they didn't. Uh, the the clerks were just too busy to stand there and watch me. Uh, you know, look through the records, and they wanted them back, and they were not going to let me see them. They were not going to let me photograph them. Um, and the, the All police officer to the law. comes in, yeah, police officer comes in and says, uh, are those their, their documents? And then he helps the bailiff rip them from my hands, give wow. them to the clerk. 
And he says, well, uh, you know, I explained this is He's not unbiased or anything. He, uh, he says, well, we can go out in the hall and talk about it, and then walks out. <laughs> so he wanted you to follow him. Yeah, well, I'm not leaving there because, you know, I still have business with the court, and I'm trying to explain that this bailiff is, is acting in a disorderly manner, stepping on my foot. He hit my hand. He got in my face. He was raising his voice. He was acting unreasonably. You know, had they never, uh, had, they never had any of these issues in the first place, had they allowed cameras in the court lobby in the first place, had they allowed cameras in the courtroom, no problem in the first place, none of these consequences would ever have befallen them. No. None of them would have. Had they allowed you to just come in and take those pictures, as you said, it would have been 10 minutes. You'd have been in and out. Of course, you would have had to take the pictures because they never would have arrested you in the first place if they had allowed this to happen. All of this is a great example of what you resist persists. They are uh, continuing to to do violence. They are continuing to to harm activists. They're continuing to harm peaceful people that aren't activists. And as as you said, as long as they keep up this behavior, as long as they continue to initiate force, we will continue to bring cameras around and continue to be a thorn in their side because uh, somebody's they're breaking this. the law. That's they, why. Well, they are breaking. There's that too. Uh, there's more to this story, right? There is. All right, we're going to get back to it here. Uh, coming up in hour three. Also, we're going to take your call. So we'll, we'll we'll take some calls after uh, the news, and then we'll jump back into your story. You can hang out for a little bit, right? Sure. Okay. Sure. More on the way here with Sam. And uh, if you're holding on, by the way, I got the quote from the cop. Uh, I got the quote from the cop on the radio after he left, after he had talked to you. I've got the exact quote here. We'll read that in a few moments. Oh, it's Free great. Talk Live. <laughs> Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those on us as we launch here into the third hour, taking calls about anything. We'll continue Sam's story here in a little bit about how he was assaulted and threatened, and some of the other activists were also uh, similarly assaulted and threatened today. Is When they touch your stuff, that's assault, right? Not battery? No, I tried to get this out of the police officer at the station. Um, if I, I basically, I told, I asked him, if I snatch that piece of paper out of your hand, is that assault? And he said no. I said, well, is it battery? And he said no. So th- is it a crime? And he wouldn't answer. He wouldn't tell me what it was. But I'm not going to snatch the piece of paper out of his hand and watch him do nothing. And he wasn't, you know, willing to really ex- go into detail on that. We'll get back to your story in a moment. Let's go to your phone calls, though, Dan. Uh, and the rest of these guys have been waiting patiently. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live in New York. Hello. Hey, Dan, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I just want to say that uh, I've really enjoyed listening to you guys. Well, thanks. Do you have anything you want to talk about? Uh, I I could apologize for voting for Obama. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's all right. Mark voted for uh, George Bush once or something, didn't you? Um, no, I, no? I, I, have, I je- voted for Jeb Bush once. Oh, okay. That's bad um, enough. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not great. We've you know, all made mistakes. Th- well, I don't, you know, the fact is your vote didn't count for anything because Obama, it's a, it's a one vote win in the United States in, in at least. Well, oh, that was me. No, he's still there. Okay. Um, it's a one vote win. So in your particular state, likely. And, you know, it doesn't really matter whether Obama won by 100 votes, 100,000 votes. doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I, I kind of just drank the Kool-Aid with the media and stuff. So. Well, now you, uh, now you are out and you are free, and uh, your mind is uh, getting in a more free way, so that's a good thing. And anything else on your mind tonight, Dan? Uh, no, that's it. Thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate it. Let's talk to Stephen in Colorado. Stephen, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hello. Uh, well, I usually don't uh, pimp my work, but uh, if Dan would just go to Google and type in the Mendacity of Hope, he would find a three-part article written by me uh, on why liberals shouldn't should be very disappointed with Barack Obama. So uh, I'm, yeah, I'm man, sorry, sorry to do that. I usually, I usually don't do it. Uh, That's okay. What was but, it called um, again? Okay. the uh, It was called The Mendacity of Hope. I'm sure there's uh, plenty that you can write about. Uh, even though it's only been a few months, he certainly has broken oh, a lot sure. of promises already. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, over, the overarching uh, point of my my our article series was that he's basically the third term of, of George W. Bush. Yeah, pretty much. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, that's not why I called it uh, tonight. I called because uh, I have a I have a friend who is a I would say probably a traditional conservative. You know, not so excited about McCain until Palin signed on. Then then got pretty excited. You know what I mean? But overall, not very not very very thrilled with the Republicans at all. You know, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she is in college, and they're talking about the merits of socialized medicine in, in one of her classes. And I, you know, it was a cell phone, so she, she got cut off. I didn't get the entire story, but here's what I got. Uh, she's, she's taking this class. They're talking about socialized medicine, uh, socialized medicine, socialized health care. Uh, and I, I guess it's the economic aspect of it, but also, you know, the where the rubber meets the road aspect also, you know. The well, it just gives the colleges a, 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 a venue, and the colleges is are, rather, a venue to promote socialism, and so inevitably you know, they're and, talking and about this. I, I told her that, too. I said, I've met so many academes in, my, in the last few years that have told me, I mean, straight up, that, uh, you know, the colleges are basically breeding grounds for, for, for communists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let's just call a spade a spade, right? They're communists. And um, she said that of 60 people, uh, you know, they had to write this report. And of 60 reports, two of them, hers and another girl's, uh, were against the idea of socialized medicine. So the professor uh, got these two girls by themselves and said, well, if they don't like socialized medicine, they're going to have to back up their claims and present a really good argument on why it's bad. Because, you know, I guess in her little um in her paper she wrote that you know the waiting lines and uh uh you know that you're going to have to do rationing because whenever something is perceived as being free the uh the demand goes through the roof it goes to infinity and the supply can never keep up with infinity so you're going to have to start rationing this leads to the waiting lines and so forth like we see in canada and uh so she started asking the professor how come you're not badgering the other 58 people who agreed with you how come you're only badgering us and making us provide and and things like this. So um, I guess in a way I'm calling to ask for advice on where to go, for information on one hand, and then on the other hand also just to speak, you know, to the uh, to the idea that the the university system is basically uh, just nothing but uh, 
status brainwashing. Well, there are some exceptions, I think, out there. Obviously, we had uh, Walter Block on uh, with oh, us yeah. as a guest a few weeks ago, and he's in the university system. So clearly within the uh, the system, there are a few exceptions to the rule, but generally it's a very statist system. Uh, sure. Whether they're promote, whether the person is promoting uh, socialism or they're promoting fascism or whatever it is that their particular uh, political belief system is that they want to uh, they want to indoctrinate the youth with, it's usually statism. Uh, but that, but that said, you're looking for information as far as things that she could cite. Uh, in you know, the... I, I gave her Mises. I just told her I said go to Mises.org. There's a search function there. Uh, the Ludwig von Mises Institute. Yeah. Of course, you guys mention I, it quite often on this show. And I think uh, uh, Lou Rockwell. There. I think Lou Rockwell. Uh, Rockwell. Or maybe right. strike at the, the root. Time we got cut off. <laughs> okay, uh, and and okay, well, I understand that she's going to want to go and find sources and things like that, and and cite statistics and all that. But it seems to me the most persuasive uh, the most persuasive point on this and any issue of freedom is the freedom issue and the point that uh, that with socialized medicine there's force being applied in the in this particular right. market and it's just not nice to threaten people in order to get them to do something for you and if the, if there's a right to health care then that suggests that you have a right to somebody else's labor because if there's a right that means somebody has to provide it and there's not robots out there that are going to do it for you so it's going to be a human being. So sure. I, I would cu- yeah. I would cut down to those talk talk about striking the root. I would strike to the root of the issue of human freedom. Sure, yeah, that, that's a good point. I did think about that, but as I said, she was driving through a canyon, so we we got disconnected. All right, uh, but uh, I did think about that because you know, just like in the Monty Python skit, there the violence inherent in the system. You know, it's just not a, a funny cliche. It's it's actually true. I mean, you can't name. Uh, you, none of your callers can call in tonight and name a single government program that doesn't have it at the very heart of it, uh, of violence or the threat of violence. No doubt about it. Any other thoughts for us tonight? You know, that, that's about it. I just, I just want to get, I, I just want Sam to get back to his story. That was really interesting. We'll get to that. Thank you, Stephen, for the call. Uh, let's talk first to Brad in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Brad. Hey, how's it going? What's on your mind tonight? Well, I have a pretty good story about California's government. Okay, sure. So uh, you guys are aware that we're currently about. I think $24 billion in debt, right? Uh, you mean the, the the government of California? Not you. You personally aren't in debt. Oh, yeah. My mistake. Right. <laughs> anyway, so uh, around Los Angeles, we just had the big Michael Jackson memorial and everything, right? Uh-huh. So I heard. For, so there was a lot of cops and security, you know, doing security for the place, and they decided they were going to buy them all lunch. So originally, <laughs> they were going to get it from Subway, which would have been, you know, fairly inexpensive. But instead, they decided to get food from... Uh, this other store, like 80 miles away, that costs five times as much. So wait, this is the government buying its police lunch? It wasn't the Michael Jackson funeral people buying it lunch, buying them no, lunch? No, I'm pretty sure it was the state. Okay. So they basically just you know flushed another few more million down the toilet when they could have saved a ton of money. Well, it's not their money. Right, sure. Hey, who cares? Yeah. The federal government's going to bail them out anyway, so it won't matter. Long run. Yeah, pretty much. Well, actually, it will matter because we'll all lose wealth from uh, from our bank accounts. Uh, all the money that we have will become worth less as a result of the inflation that the federal government will fix California's problem with. And how long they can con- continue going back to the federal government is going to be another question where that will all lead when California can't pay back the loan. Uh, I don't know. What, what will happen politically to California if they become in debt to the federal government for bailing them out of their financial troubles? I mean, we know that the federal government took over GM. They took over GM. They, they're now operating a car company. Uh, could the federal government 
take over California even more so than it currently is? I mean, the feds kind of already own the states in a way because the states basically bow down to the feds and they do whatever. They grovel at the feet of the feds in order for to get cash uh, payments and handouts. But if it's a loan situation, how will that change the allegiance to the feds. I mean, it's more leverage, but right. they're still going in doing DEA raids on going against the will of the state. So I don't know. What, what are they trying to gain from this? I don't know either. It's yeah. just collapse of the government, and they don't want people to lose faith. So is there more, Brad? You, did you even start no, your story yet? That's about it. Okay, thanks for the call. I don't know where I am tonight. Uh, but we are going to get back to Sam's story here in moments. 800-259-9231 of how he was assaulted today. Uh, him and a group of activists attacked by the uh, court security officers. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. we got a lot of features, and we give them away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including Facebook. Uh, we've got our Facebook profile, and you can become a fan as it is called, just by going to facebook.freetalklive.com. Look for the Become a Fan link. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. Of course, uh, this program is brought to you by the Free State Project. Freestateproject.org is the website. The idea is to gather as many liberty-minded activists together in the same geographic region as possible. It's already begun. Uh, The official move hasn't even started yet, but hundreds of people have already just decided, screw this, I'm not waiting. I'm getting to New Hampshire as quickly as possible. Sam, you're one of the early movers. Mark and I also moved a few years ago. We're early movers as well. People are targeting different areas of the state, but the Keene area is a relatively popular one. It's, uh, It's becoming quite the destination and it's because we've been marketing it. Uh, the other areas of the state don't really market themselves beyond perhaps the Grafton guys, which is kind of a little town up in the, the northwest area, uh, northwest of Concord. But as far as uh, a city destination, Keene is being marketed fairly heavily, and it's starting to work out. It's my understanding that uh, you and another one of the activists went out to Taproom Tuesdays last night, which is the Manchester, Manchester being the big city uh, with 100,000 people living uh, living there, just within the city limits. There's more on the outside, obviously. But pretty populated area compared to out here in Cheshire County. And they said, uh, I think I heard that there were only about 40-something people at Taproom Tuesday. Yeah, no, they told me that was a light night, that normally there's more folks. But uh, we we were similar comparative in size. Yeah, so I'm, that's what I'm thinking is that uh, Keene and its social, uh, social Sundays, which is our weekly social gathering, is starting to catch up. We're not quite there to Manchester size yet, but uh, we're there, getting there. There are several activists in the last few weeks who have moved from Manchester out here to Keene mm-hmm, and more right. are planning to do that. And uh, people are coming in all the time. I think I heard somebody today say they were coming into Keene. When we talk to people about where they're thinking about moving, Keene is on the top of their list that they're, of options that they're looking at. So if these bureaucrats here in the Keene area think that this is it, if these bureaucrats that are trying to ban cameras from all of the city offices, which is what you found out today, uh, and they, that are uh, preventing people from engaging in the freedom of the press, threatening people with arrest, if they think they can just keep getting away with this and that there won't be any, an increase in activism as a result, they just aren't paying attention. Aren't they reading our blogs? I know, I know they are. They are. The lady, uh, the assistant city manager came up and said uh, the only thing that she was disappointed in from the tax story where you went in and paid with dollars. This is the same lady that told you to stop recording? Yes. Okay. She was upset that somebody referred to her as the middle-aged lady. 
So, <laughs> now, that wasn't in the video. I think she was actually reading the Freaking Forum yes. about that post. Yep, so. that's where that was. So they read the forums. They read the blogs. You'd think they'd make the connection because we've made it explicitly on the blogs at Freaking.com saying, look, you guys are just attracting more people to this area with mm-hmm. this behavior. When you crack down on activists, when you throw Andrew Carroll in jail for nine days for having marijuana bud in his hand, when you throw Sam in jail for 58 days for filming in a courtroom and not giving his name, uh, when you throw Dave Ridley in jail, you, you, there's videos that are made that are posted online that promote Keene, that, that point out the tyranny that's happening here, that get people excited and get them to want to come here and join in this movement. If they wanted to extend the, their power, if they wanted to uh, lord over people for as long as possible, they would ignore us. And we've made it clear, so I know they've read them, but they just can't. They just can't help themselves, can they? Whenever a camera comes in, they've got to do something about it. It's their authority. I mean, that's that's yeah. what everything rests on, and and that's what we go in to really question and show people. And that's the one thing that they just they they'd have no choice. So it doesn't matter what the the words on paper say, what their supposed rules say. It doesn't matter that the highest law of the land, uh, according to them, the Constitution says there should be freedom of the press. It doesn't matter that the New Hampshire Constitution also uh, enshrines the freedom of the press, probably even better than the uh, the, the U.S. Constitution. That's correct. It doesn't even matter that their own statutes say that you're allowed to come in and record the uh, to uh, to videotape or to photograph the documents. You'd gone into the bureaucrats today, into the offices today, brought some activists, brought some cameras to open up. Some some of the files and to take a look at them and they had a real problem with it in fact it got to the point where you called the police down they were demanding you turn off the cameras they were demanding you saying you couldn't even photograph the documents even though the law says you can uh just contradicting themselves all over the place you call the cop down there the cop comes in he refuses to do anything in fact he assists them in taking the papers from your hands you had gotten the court documents that you were looking at while you were looking at them you you hadn't finished with them yet and they were still open for business so you should have been able to they snatched the papers out of your hands and i think that's where we left off the story the cop walked out of the room saying you could come out and talk to him outside yeah so i stayed in there i wasn't about to leave and uh, we were still also waiting for this hearing at three o'clock where the judge was going to decide if we could photograph the documents like right. the law says. <laughs> um, so 3 o'clock rolls around uh, after, you know, nothing happens, of course. So about 3.10, I go back up to the window again and, uh, you know, hey, what's going on? Oh, we have um, another hearing. We can't get to it yet. And then eventually they come back and say, oh, we, we, you can't do this today. <laughs> and here's uh, here's the clerk of the court's number. You'll have to call him and schedule an appointment. And again, I ask, well, where is that exactly? In this a special appointment to come in and photograph the paperwork. Yeah, because, well, they've created all of these uh, unlawful rules. Yeah, it says in their law cameras. that any day that they're open, you can come in and do that. Yes, yes. But and now they, you need an appointment. Uh, yeah, and special permission, and they have to you know, arrange all of these things, apparently. It's, <laughs> it's, it's absurd. Yeah. Um, so then I call back to the chief of police. I ask for the chief and get directed to one of the lieutenants. And um, they tell me I can leave a voicemail. So I leave him a voicemail. He doesn't call me back. Another 30 minutes goes by. Uh, eventually, I go back up to the window. And this is where the bailiff's getting just just went nuts. He started yelling. I asked him to lower his voice. Um, he tells me, you can't stand up at the window. You You can't. You better not. You better stop bothering these people. And. You're bothering uh, telling them Telling me to leave. I'm, I explain, you know, this is when I'm trying to get the uh, order from the sign, and he's telling me, oh, you've already got one. I'm, I, I've never gotten a copy of that. Right. You've tried a couple times, I think. Yeah. And um, 
he uh let's see they eventually he gets really upset he grabs my arm one of the other he's like, all right that's it one of them jerked me forward the other one jerked me back i almost fell to the ground um just because they were yanking me around so much Jeez. and the other bailiff goes whoa whoa take it easy take it easy don't you know and then we don't need they, another lawsuit <laughs> then they stopped and uh let me go all of a sudden the, the other people in the room were just like i can't believe that and then they're jumping up saying why are you assaulting him what wow. are you doing um and you know Eventually, I decide, all right, let's get out of here. Let's go to the police station since they're not obviously going to come here to fill out a report and do their duty as they as they swear an oath to uphold. Um, let's go down there and fill out the report. So wait, now filling out the report, it's just an administrative thing, right? There's no uh, – when you fill out a police report – they can look into it or not. They can just kind of shovel it aside and right. uh, you know say, oh, you know, nothing here. There's no real action they have to take when you fill out one of their complaint forms, right? Correct. Um, so we discussed that when uh, eventually I got the supervisor out. I asked why it took 45 minutes for a police officer to show up, why they ignored the second call. He said, well, I have no answer for that. Um, How long did you have to wait before he came out to talk to you? Uh, 15 minutes probably. In the meantime, between when you were leaving the court or when you were hanging around in the court and the cops were being called and uh, you would ask me to listen to the, the scanner feed to, to hear what they were saying about the situation, one of the cops, the cop that left the, the room after talking to you, mm -hmm. uh, he said, I'm clear this is entirely foolishness. He doesn't want to follow their rules. Later, he says he doesn't like their rules. Though, uh, I'll tell you the other one in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by becoming an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the program, get on more radio stations across the country, bring more internet listeners on board and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So you can help us with that for three bucks a month and get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more, all at amp.freetalklive.com. Uh, we continue to tell you the story. Uh, Sam is regaling us with uh, what happened today in the city of Keene building. Oh, we should also point out that uh, this program is brought to you by thinktwicenews.com, I believe. That's correct. Uh, thinktwicenews.com, which is a brand newish, uh, as of 2009, source for liberty-oriented video programming. Sam, have you seen some of the Think Twice News product? I've seen a few of them. They look interesting. Pretty good so far. Yeah. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the one they do about the Fed at uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, but apparently <laughs> that's not the one that they posted, though there is a new episode up now at thinktwicenews.com uh, of Jason Osborne's Defiance Tea Party that he threw there in uh, Defiance, Ohio, Jason Osborne from SACL CAI was uh, was behind that. Their, their first tea party was pretty good because, well, Jason is a voluntarist, and, as, at least as I understand it. He might describe himself differently. But uh, if you're a voluntarist and you're organizing the tea party, then you get to have a little more say-so over what happens there. Uh, so we'll see what that what was like. Uh, ThinkTwiceNews.com. In the one that I guess they're uploading two uh, videos this evening. Okay. And in the one that's uploading right now, apparently Jason gets spicy with a law enforcement officer. 
officer. Ooh, oh yeah, that's right. Cool. I'm looking forward to seeing that too. All right, thinktwicenews.com. As we go back to Sam's story, you went down to the City of Keene uh, offices today with a handful of activists to do an open records request. You went in uh, as per their rules saying that you could look at their records as long as they're open for business. You can go in, you can take the records, you can photograph them. That's what you thought at least. Then when you showed up with your cameras, they told you no cameras allowed. Well, how am I supposed to photograph these if there are no cameras allowed? Well, too bad. You can't. Uh, they got rough with you. They actually t- threatened to arrest you, I believe, at, at some point. Yes. Uh, they grabbed you as though they might be arresting you. They told 280 that he was under arrest, but they never actually arrested him. They uh, tried to steal phones uh, from the activists. They were just being very rude and very mean. Uh, you have to come back now. You have to call the clerk to schedule an appointment to actually see the, the records and photograph them. When, when that will end up happening who knows it may be another month before they get around to even answering your calls i'll be back right sooner than that yeah absolutely <laughs> so so they just keep making it worse for themselves they've now banned cameras from the entire city building it used to be that the cameras were banned from the court office uh, just the court offices now it's the entire building as far as any office in the building so they just want to make it worse uh they just want to attract more activists here they just apparently want more cameras in their building because i have a feeling that's what they're going to get as a result of this so you being pretty fed up with what happened you went to the police department to file a report against the uh, bailiffs for assaulting you and the other activists, and you were basically told that uh, they'll investigate. Just fill out this paperwork here, and we'll look into it. Yeah, and I was explaining, well, this is, or asking, this is a voluntary statement, right? It carries no effect of law. Well, no, it doesn't. And uh, I said, well, you know, I've seen a crime. These people are witnesses also to a crime. Are you going to do anything about it? Well, he wouldn't do anything until I uh, filled out the form and everybody filled out their little papers. And then mm-hmm. they would investigate and decide if, if something he would decide, needs to be done. Right. He would decide if a law had been broken And I asked after him, the investigation. you know, if, if uh, some police officers had seen this or somebody had done this to a police officer, would you be uh, asking the other cops and the other witnesses to fill out a form and then you would send it to some investigators and let them uh, figure it out if there was a crime committed? Or would you just be arresting people? Yeah, would they just go and take action if it was one of their own? Right. So, you know, th- nothing good to say to this. And uh, the- At least he wasn't being rude and uh, demanding the cameras go away. To his credit, right. he, he, there were three cameras. I had arrived on the scene by this point, and there were already two other activists there with cameras recording this. So that by the time I got there, there were three. Right. And actually, the delay of him getting there was because he had just arrived at the court, I think, as we were leaving. Uh, and I explained, well, I'm not. I, the, the bailiffs attacked me. I'm not going to sit there and wait for them. They were getting extremely hostile. So I came to the police station. So he had to drive back out. So one of, uh, just as an example of the kind of good old boy mentality, the mentality of uh, we're all on the same team versus them, the us versus them uh, concept, uh, that, that just to prove that point, uh, here are a couple of the excerpts from when I was listening to the scanner feed to hear what the cops were saying. One of the, uh, the cop that had left or initially after you had talked to them said, I'm clear, and that's their code for saying that they're available for service. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm clear. This is entirely foolishness. He doesn't want to follow their rules. And then later on, he said he doesn't like their rules and thought calling the police was going to change things. No, oh, imagine that. Well, you know, he didn't want to hear what the law was. He didn't want to hear RSA uh, 91A. He didn't, right, because he's biased. He doesn't he's biased care. against his uh, bias in the favor of his buddies at the court. So, you know, if I'm sitting there trying to explain that a law is being broken and he doesn't really care, what remedy do I really have? I mean, are the police coming out and serving people if... 
you know, if it's one of their guys, they're not even going to look into the law. If they don't know the law, you know, they're they're just going to say, well, I'm not going to look into that, and there's no problem here, and leave. They have no obligation, as we've said so many times. And yeah. that's basically what this guy told you at one point, mm-hmm. is that, you know, he didn't really have to do anything. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, I doubt he will. So what but I'm you going are going to gonna do, fill out the their paperwork or what? How are you going to handle no, that? No, I'm going. I, I've taken their template and I'm going to change it up a little, turn it into a criminal complaint. Uh, I'm sorry, we can't accept this unless it's on our official paperwork. Oh no, no, they will accept <laughs> it, and uh, I'll get it notarized. We'll do the same thing for some of the witnesses who saw what happened today, and we'll deliver those to the police and see if they want to put them in front of the grand jury. And I'm sure they they'll be jumping through hoops to do that. Do yeah. you think? Yeah, yeah. no, they don't. Well, at some point, we may have to bring cameras in and talk to the police chief or something like that. Really kind of put the put more pressure on these guys. Yeah, well, and that's who I had asked for, but they pawned me off on one of the on lieutenants. On the lieutenants, yeah. So that's the end of the story for today, right? Uh, today's exciting activism. That was it, yeah. You can come up here and get involved in all this, uh, whether it's here in Keene or elsewhere in New Hampshire, because the police are as tyrannical elsewhere. It's just that they don't. there aren't as many people challenging that particular aspect of the system. I think there's a guy over in Dover who's been doing a, a pretty decent job mm-hmm. kind of all on his own. Uh, but come on up here. Uh, head over to freekeen.com or go to move.freekeen.com to read 111 reasons uh, to move up here. And I would have to say the sooner you can get anywhere in New Hampshire, the better. I realize that the Free State Project has got over 9,000 members. We still have to get to 20,000 before a lot of people are going to end up moving. But I have to say that this is where the action is. This is where the activism is. This is where liberty has a chance. And it's happening right now. Yeah, right. It's, it's starting already. It has already begun, and it's going to get more exciting as time goes on. We're seeing far more people here now and active now than we saw just a year ago. A year from today, it's going to be even better. Two years down the line, I I swear, when I talk to people, they're saying they're either moving in a year or two. Most people are saying a year or two. Maybe some people are in college or three, four years. But a a year to four years out, we're going to see tremendous uh, increases in activism here. And what we really need are the uh, the, the leaders. We need the people that are willing to, to... be the target, if you will, because whenever you start something up here, there is always that chance that the government people will target you as a result of you being the instigator on whatever the activity is. Well, you know, people may not be ready to do that today. You may just be willing to ask some questions or take some of the little steps. But up here, being around some of the activists that do all of these amazing things, you will be put in an environment where you can really learn how to interact with these guys and do uh, more and more uh, aggressive, or not, I wouldn't use the word aggressive, but more and more... Stepping out uh, of your comfort zone yes. and and getting more comfortable with taking action and asking the questions and doing all of those things, and you're right. right. Being around people like you, Sam, that are more experienced at that kind of thing... Yeah, let's uh, learn, learn from some mistakes that have been made, I would recommend, instead of just coming in both both barrels. But and no, but what I was saying, though, is... I, being we need willing leader, to, go, to we, at some point use both barrels. What, what we need... I, we've got a lot of people that are willing to jump up and do things when they're given the opportunity to do them. But what we need are more people that are willing to create those opportunities. We need the, the doers, the instigators... Uh, not necessarily agitators. Agitators are fine, too. But we need the instigators, the people that are, that, uh, are going to take an idea and run with it and say, let's go ahead and do this. I mean, just as an example, uh, here in the Keene area, we're now coming up on, in August, we'll have been doing fully informed jury outreach for an entire year. Every single time there's a jury selection process, we have been there handing fully informed jury information to these jurors, potential jurors, to let them know they have the right to say not guilty based on their opinion of the law itself. We've done that consistently. 
And I've put the word out there to the other activists, just challenge them, just a friendly challenge. Hey, why don't you start this in your area of New Hampshire? No one has done it yet. I'm so, amazed. I, I am too. That's why we need more of the, uh, the instigators up here. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. We'll sneak your call here in in the remaining moments of the program, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give away the features, and those features include live streams, a broadband version, a dial-up version, even a webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Dot com. Let's go to your phone calls here about whatever you want. It's Todd in Michigan on the amp line. Hey, Todd. Todd. Michigan. Hey, Ian, hey. Uh, Mark. Uh, I'm here. Yep. Hey. Sam's here too. What's on your mind? Tonight? Here. Yes, Todd. Go okay. Um, well, I, I'm sorry about that. My uh, my Skype connection seems to be kind of going iffy tonight. Uh, anyway, um, I, I don't know if you guys had seen this movie that came out many years ago. It came out in the early '80s. And I saw it on, I think it was Showtime or Cinemax. What was, was the movie? Uh, it's called Kid Co. Ever seen that movie? Kid Co? Yeah. I have not. Either of you gents uh, no. seen this one? No. Mm-hmm. Nor heard of it. For so, that yeah, this movie... Go ahead. You, uh, well, this, this movie came out um, back in the mid-'80s in, in 84. It was about these youngsters who tried to start a startup company, a manure, sh- manure shoveling business. And they were taking away the market share and the customers from this big manure. Uh, this guy who was probably the richest in the county uh, in California. And uh, next thing you know, these kids, they're, they're, they're like 10, 11, 12, maybe 14 years of age, who are running this family-run business, and they're facing opposition from the IRS, mm. the county tax boards. Uh, they're not, you know, they're operating a business without a seller's permit, which, which was very much a, a, of a license at the time. They didn't even have a license to operate a business. They were facing, you know, all these sorts of, 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 of violations, such as, you know, not um, abiding by, um, you know, sales tax returns. You know, so. you know, why would you need yeah. a license to shovel manure? This is like kids <laughs> going out mowing lawns for people. That's exactly right. But it, you need it because they're trying to protect the existing uh, manure sho- shovelers, the <laughs> the guys that have been established. This is a, why licenses exist. It's not to protect the consumers. It's to protect the existing businesses. And right. so because they came in and didn't jump through the hoops as a bunch of kids, why would they? They wouldn't even know what the hoops are. Uh, they went They went in. They just did what they were going to do. And the system retaliated against them. It's just it's co- it's so common that uh, anybody that threatens the establishment, that threatens the uh, the good old Boys Network, they come down hard on them. And so, was this a true yeah, story, and, Todd? Uh, it, they claim that it really happened. I don't know if it, it's uh, true, but I thought it was a wonderful film about the, about the fact that these kids had imagination, they had desire, they had all these things that, that shape and define what entrepreneurs want. And the state age. did their best and, to crush it out of them, right? No, actually, they huh? won wow. at the end of the film, but they had agreed to uh, basically <laughs> face, you know, pay some fines uh, and get a special seller's permit. 
So they won so they the, didn't the, win. The, the, the tax charge. They, right, but they didn't well, win because they, they still right, lost. They, they still lost their time, and they still lost in that they paid up. You know, they po- they ponied up something. They jumped through some hoops, and that's what the state wants. Even if you don't jump through all of the hoops, just jump through this one hoop. Sam, just mm-hmm. go out that door and right. talk to us. Just uh, you know, uh, fill out this one form. Just do something for us. Give us your name. That kind of yeah. Thing. And and it was funny because you know uh, they were they were actually uh, the state was trying to charge them that they weren't paying their sales tax on the manure. But it's interesting because he made the case that the manure had already been taxed when it was already you know being sold to them. It was fe- and they're feed. being double taxed on the other end. So um, so it was it, they won that case. But it was a, um, I thought it was a fantastically done film, and it didn't treat the kids like they were idiots. And it was called Kid Co? And I wish it was out on DVD. I wish people would actually see it. But it's a fine example of what the state can do to even a bunch of youngsters who can sure. start a business it reminds at me that of very the, early age. Yep, it reminds me of the stories that we've read on this, on this show about kids going out and starting like a lemonade stand and having the cops come up and demand they uh, show a permit and shut, uh, shutting lemonade stands down. I mean, so it's not an uncommon story. I, it sounds believable to me, and I'm glad you called up. You said it was uh, Kid Co. Todd, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. It's all about obedience. At every single, every single time, every single issue, it's about you do as we say or else. And you always lose. Whenever it's the state coming after you, it's always a loss because even if you win the court case, you still lost your time. You're never going to get those 58 days back, Sam. Right. I mean, it was probably worth it to you in the long run because it helped bring more people here and it was an interesting experience and you got to grow personally while you were in there. You had a kind of but a, they a spiritual... Took- they took my first spring in New Hampshire. I, I can never get that back. I never got to see all of the trees come alive, the place uh, kind of shake off the winter because I was locked in a cage with a, a view out the window of a concrete wall. Yep. You know, I'll tell you, spring in New Hampshire really is it's something. Beautiful. It's It's amazing because you're, you're knowing, after you've seen it the first time, you know sort of what's going to happen and mm-hmm. that all the flowers are really going to be out. And, and it, it's There's just an not, anticipation. For it's not like that. Florida, land of flowers, where flowers around all the time. It's like suddenly, boom, Bam, the, they are. the color's everywhere. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just to go back to something I was saying earlier about the New Hampshire and the Free State Project, this movement of liberty-minded people coming here uh, and getting active for freedom. And when I said that uh, we need more instigators, I didn't didn't mean to make it sound like there was nothing happening. There's a lot going on. I think the problem is the instigators are instigating, and they probably have their hands full. Uh, I know that up in Concord there's a lot going on in the political realm, and uh, and everywhere there's something happening. There's a lot happening. There's much to choose from for those who aren't the instigator types, who aren't really the leadership types. But I think that the more leaders we have here uh, in New Hampshire getting active, the better, because there's a lot that's not being done that could be done that wouldn't be hard to do if someone would just step up and and take that role. Yeah, and, you know, as they start to get flooded more and more and and being almost attacked or or forced to uh, show their hand on on all of these different issues and all of these different areas, at some point, they're going to feel pretty beat up and start, I would think, retreating or pulling back at some point and realize that, okay, look, we've, we've been fighting these guys. We've been uh, just cracking down, and it's not working. There's just more and more of them, and they just keep coming at us in different ways. Mm-hmm. Maybe we, we shouldn't try and fight them. I hope, that's point, what they come, I hope they can come out to the conclusion sooner rather than later. Me too. 
But then again, the more they crack down, the worse it's going to get for them as far as more activists coming in. So to some extent, I welcome it. There, there needs to be, um, and I, I, I support uh, the, the activists in this area, we need to be able to use cameras wherever, in, in any public venue. This uh, is a hill worth dying on. It is. It absolutely is. You have to be able to record the judges, bailiffs, uh, clerks, cops, anybody who works for the, the, the city, they're working for, with your money, I mean, they're spending your tax dollars uh, by on their paychecks. The, the the ground you're standing on was paid for with tax dollars. These people have no right. They're not in the right. They are dead wrong on this one. They're breaking the law. But they've got and cells they do, and men with guns. Absolutely. So they'll get away with it. That's why you know the activists do need to stand up for this one. And uh, they, they, you know the, the fact is they can't, the the bureaucrats cannot win because they know they're wrong. I think about the records that are kept in that clerk's office. I mean, there are all of the marriage records, but also all the voting records. Mm-hmm. How can you go in there and validate uh, voting records or do anything like that if they're prohibiting cameras? How can you have freedom of the press if they're prohibiting cameras? Yeah. Uh, it's just a, it's such an absurdity, and it really begs for another uh, bit of activism. So I know that you're going to be going back in at some point here, Sam, uh, to follow up on the request that you had made, because you did put in a request at the clerk's office to get some some uh, some paperwork from them. Correct. And you're still waiting to see the the records in an appropriate manner at the uh, the at the court. Mm-hmm. So when do you think you're going to go back in? Is it next week or a couple I'll weeks out? I'll have to uh, call um, Larry tomorrow, the the court clerk, find out you know when I'm allowed to come in during yeah. the business hours to film these things. And uh, I'm also the lawyers coming out. We're going to go get the camera from the police department uh, sometime later this week. They're going to let you have it. Uh, I think so. Okay. I think so. They want a copy of the footage. They just can't figure out how to get it off of there. <laughs> so it's just way too uh, newfangled and complicated for them. So uh, it's pretty exciting. I think that this uh, this new ban on cameras in the entire city building is going to result in more activists coming in there with more cameras. At mm-hmm. least that's what I think. That's what I think the res- uh, response should be. You don't want these cameras? Okay, let's just bring some more in then. How many people can you arrest for this? And more and more, people? more and more of the local activists are stepping up to uh, fill that role. I mean, there were three people there with cameras today filming. It that's that's true. The courage that's, that some show spreads to the others, and that, of course, will spread outside of the area, and the people will see that, wow, those people in Keene, they've got some huevos, uh, yeah. and I'm going to come up there and get involved. And when there's 10, 20 people with cameras, are they going to, going to arrest them all? They can't. They don't have enough cops for that. You'd have to just stand there as they were arresting you and go along with it. And if uh, a percentage of those 10 or 20 people begins to non-cooperate, they really have a problem on their hands. Yes, they do. We're done. It's been Ian here with you. And I'm Sam I am. And Mark. Back tomorrow night. Visit Sam at his website, ObscuredTruth.com. Visit our website, uh, FreeTalkLive.com. We'll see you tomorrow night. Get on the ground, mother... You and your spouse are going to jail and your kids are going to Child Protective Services. You're busted for possession of marijuana. Possession of marijuana. Hi, I'm Barry Cooper, ex-narcotics officer trained by the DEA. My DVD, Never Get Busted, has recently received world attention. I've switched sides and I'm now touring America with the message to end this war on people that has been labeled the war on drugs. Go to Barry's website, NeverGetBusted.com, and order your DVD to Never Get Busted. On it, I'll teach you secret drug enforcement tactics and how
how to avoid narcotics profiling, how to conceal your stash, and I'll teach you how to fool drug dogs every time. I'll teach you how police know when you're lying. You'll get to go on patrol with me and watch actual marijuana arrest on the highway and learn the mistakes citizens made that landed them in jail. Go to NeverGetBusted.com and arm yourself with the information you need so you'll never have to hear these words. Get on the ground, mother You and your spouse are going to jail and your kids are going to jail. Log on to NeverGetBusted.com.